This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Scannell. Ambrose! Goal! Darren Ambrose for Crystal Palace and that may do it. Flick goalwards, it's an own goal from Popovich. Tonight on Homestyle Radio, Aaron Mitchell, Albert Curley, Ben Nagel, John Burgess, Nick Gussett, producer Mikey. Yeah, I went off this road. Um, it was two two ex Crystal Palace players. It was Routledge. No, it was Derry crossing from the right into the box, and Routledge he not made it through Norwood's Northworthy, <laughs> and then to the left pass of Diving Simonson. It's QPR one, Sheffield United nil. But firstly, your host for tonight, Chris Hambling. Hi, welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Chris Hambling. He's awesome, I love Clinton. Too much. Can you cut out a lot of my I love Clinton too much behaviour? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, just, oh, well, what, hmm? what was that noise? What was that noise? Hi everyone, welcome to Homestyle Radio. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry about that introduction. As you'll, uh, you'll hear later on, there was an interview with Clinton Morrison. I am a little bit um, overawed by the occasion. So, early apologies for that, and that's what that was a reference to. Now, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us today, just make sure you uh, email us. It's radio at homesdale.net. Uh, we're on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Include at whole radio with your message. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash whole radio. If you want to message us there. If you want to go in the Homesdale chat room and talk to some like minded people, mm, doesn't sound too appealing, does it? It's uh, whole radio.net forward slash chat. Or if you want to give you us a call right. at any point, it's I did get it right this time. That's the one and only time. Uh, and if you want to call us at any point, it's 0208 123 1646. Calls charged at your local rate and will come out of your bundle. And you may notice we might have had one or two drinks as it's our Christmas special. Um, so reading, thinking, all those sorts of things are quite difficult. For the early part of the show, I am joined by Ben and Aaron. All right, chaps? Hello. Hello. Mm-hmm. Have you been uh, drinking yet? I'm on uh, a bit of cider, yeah. I had a heavy night last night, so I'm going 
like easy-ish, but yeah, I'm having I'm having a few. And Aaron, you're you're about you're about seven years old. Are you having anything? <laughs> I'm working on it, my man. Mm, good stuff, good stuff. Now, uh, this is our last get together before we um, well, we say get together. We're we're just on Skype, but our last <laughs> thing before Christmas. So, uh, what's your what's going to be your um, what you get? What you getting for Christmas is what I'm getting at. Trying to say, Ben. What am I getting for Christmas? Yeah, well, what, what I, are you getting? Well, I don't know yet. I find out on on Christmas morning. I'd, you, must, you must have had a look. You must have snuck into your uh, your mum's bedroom. Was it? Um, I don't I don't know specifically what I'm getting. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, Chris. To be perfectly honest, That's you haven't prepared me with these questions, so I haven't thought no, about well, what I'm getting. I thought I'd spring it all on you, um, Aaron. Have you got a better answer than Ben? It's not gonna be difficult. No, I haven't really. Right. <laughs> that's just part of the. Can you give me a couple of minutes? I think of something. <laughs> All right. Well, what I'll do is I'll come back to you in a couple of minutes. I just hate right. you so. Much. All right. Um, what's this thing that says Ben talks about a new scale spray? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I was on the the Palace website earlier, mm. and uh, I was just just looking through a few things, and there's a few free view clips from Palace player. And I've noticed that we've got a uh, a new Scouse player. I don't know if anyone's seen this video. I think Mikey's got a little clip to show you. Find it a little bit hard now, different in Mexico, even more intense the game. But um, that's why we're here for now. I think that's why I come early to Mexico, uh, to England, sorry, to to try to prove myself. I can play in the English football and win. I hope uh, I go forward more quicker. So obviously, in terms of the training over here, what what differences is there to training that in England to what you were doing in, in Mexico? No, not really. Yeah, we understand um, what, what Fabio's about and um, <laughs> you know, it's important that we just get together and get used to him, get a feel for what he wants and you know, um, as players we've got to adapt to that. You know, he's the boss now. Um, so we do what he says and if he wants to change certain things we've got to gotta do it as well. So you mean you obviously been working with Dougie Freeman, the gaffer here. And and what's that been like? Yeah, it's really nice, it's really good uh, uh, coach, really really good gaffer. <laughs> Uh, the thing is, uh, I believe in him. Uh, I know <laughs> he's, he's going to give me that chance that I, I need to to prove all the fans and myself to to have a nice uh, a nice game forward. No. Sometimes, um, you know, you do that big change from Mexico to England. It's a little bit hard. No, when you like I told you, you pick some injuries and all that. The weather, it's a little bit different and all that. But um, I think <laughs> all the things what you can do is just do the things okay. You understand me? Like coming coming early to the gym, have a good food and all that things. And if the gaffer wants to call you to one game, well, it's in him. You understand me? You can just prove that you're working okay, you're working hard, and well, that's what you have to do. No. Etc. Was was that was yeah? Was that the end of the clip there? <laughs> My God! Well, it was a good joke, but you managed to illustrate the point to the, just the point of tedium. <laughs> I know that's what we do here, but really, so the joke is he's Mexican and he sounds like he's a Scouser. Yeah, pretty much. That, that, was the joke, that yeah. is because he was born in Chester and he's yeah, yeah. No, we knew that. But... Yeah. All right. Okay. Ha oh, ha ha! Let's all laugh at the foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> Quite yeah, I do laughing. <laughs> no I need. was laughing, yeah, because it's quite funny. I also liked when he kept saying, "You understand what I'm saying," but he sounded quite threatening. <laughs> like, anyway. I couldn't understand a word. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, that was enjoyable, wasn't it? Didn't know that was happening. Uh, <laughs> on a similar note, we've got um, coming up next for you. And actually, I'm going to run through what we're going to do a bit later on. We're going to give Terry Byfield a call. Um, Terry's obviously a club store. What is the? Um, I think he's the communications officer, technically speaking, but he pretty much does everything behind the scenes there, in terms of the uh, media side. 
Um, so Terry has kindly agreed to to give us some of his time this evening, and we'll talk about um, his uh, theory uh, thoughts on the season so far, uh, what it's like behind the scenes, uh, and, you know, and what his hopes are for the season ahead. Um, after that, we'll uh, be playing you a uh, about half hour interview we've recorded with Clinton Morrison, which was brilliant. If you can stand my facetious behaviour, honestly, it's horrible. Um, <clears throat> I can't even listen to it. Uh, then a little bit later on, we'll be joined by Steve Parrish, and we'll talk Huzzah. to Steve about all sorts of things that you've emailed us over the course of the uh, last week or so since we announced it. If you do have any more questions, probably we might get to one or two of them. If you email us, radio at homesdale.net, we'll try and have a quick look and see if any of those we haven't thought of. But first up, we have another visit to, to Australia, mate, uh, where, where we'll be... Uh, Hearing from uh, Ross and uh, Ryan, and possibly, I think, young Penn Jeagles there as well. Gordon, who's the editor of Homesdale.net, seamless from Australian to normal there. Did you see that? <laughs> um, but I believe it was, yeah. I believe uh, Gordon was staying with Ross, so uh, we should hear from him as well. Now, it's called Five Minutes Down Under. And I think it's 13 minutes this time. That's <laughs> probably, probably a record for them. But, um, over a bit. It will be good. So uh, we'll play you that right now. Five minutes down under. Welcome to Five Minutes Down Under, uh, the third edition. Uh, my name is Ross, aka Pars Guard. With me today, uh, my co-host Ryan, also known as Ryan. I mean, Aussie Palace. <laughs> How are you today, Ryan? Very well, always well, Ross. And very excited to be back for the third and hopefully not final episode of Five. Definitely not. Minutes Down Under. <laughs> Been a big week. Uh, thanks for the uncomfortable pause there, Ross. Working beautifully, but uh, been a big week for us. Obviously, a uh, big couple of weeks. We've had a very uh, good time of it down here in Melbourne. We've seen more games on the television in the last two weeks than we've probably seen in the last two years. Uh, just a little game against Derby, uh, one all draw there, and there was another game, Ross. I, I, I can't remember what it was. Slipping, just refresh. Mind. Yeah, it is a little bit. If you wouldn't mind refreshing me. Yeah, well, that huge game against Maine, United at Old Trafford. Um, we had a great turnout in Melbourne. Uh, we all met at around about between six and six thirty in the morning at the Melbourne Casino, and um, at count during half time, there was about eighteen Palace fans there, one Man United fan. Uh, it was it was a great morning. Uh, it was an incredible day for some of us who decided to to kick on after and celebrate the win. But just just being able to watch the the Palace game live, see the perform play that way with uh, you know a load of other Palace fans in Melbourne was 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 an incredible day, one I will never forget. Now there was one Palace fan that unfortunately couldn't make the day uh, after being told forty eight hours prior that he had to go somewhere for work. Ross, now who might that have been? Disappointingly, it was you, Ryan. It was me. But where was I? Can you even remember where I was texting you at 4.30am local time? I was on a tarmac in. I will admit you were in Taiwan. I was in Taiwan. You were keeping up to date with the game scores, texting away. I was trying to bloody watch the game and you were texting me every five minutes on score. I ran out of credit at the end and had to pass it on to to Ned to keep the the text updates going. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the results were flying through, weren't they? They were. I was, uh, I was very proud. I, I almost uh, fell out of my chair there when you told me it was nil all, and I thought to myself, "Gee whiz, if we've lasted forty five minutes, and I even text it back, anything can happen." So, but uh, I tell you what, Ross, we'll get onto that in a sec. We are actually joined by another special guest. Now we had Tony and Tommy. Uh, Myers in here last time, if you uh, recall this, yep, but yep. Um, look, uh, a special guest on a different front this time. We uh, we have essentially the uh, the co-creator of this very website sitting with us in the little uh, lounge room slash studio. Ross, what's like he doing to... here? What I don't know. There? there was a knock on the door, and we just answered. We're we're trying to enjoy a couple of. Uh, Wednesday night beers here in Melbourne, beautiful summer's day. What do we got here, special guest? I can't reveal you just yet. Cooper's Brewery Original Pale Ale. So uh, he's got a smile on his face. So, Ross, who is sitting to our right-hand side at the moment? Would you like to bring him in? Yes, definitely. We have the one and only Gordon, a.k.a. Penge Eagle. How are you today, Gordon? Gordon! G'day, boys. How are you doing? Good. He has the worst Australian accent I've heard uh, out of any English person. He's been... He's been working on it the last few days, and uh, I don't know if it's getting any better. Uh, Gordon, what, what, the, what the hell are you doing in Australia? Well, you boys, you've taken a long time to produce the third edition, so I thought I'd come all the way to Australia and give you, you lads, kick up the arse. And here we are. <laughs> no, very good, mate. So you've been here for quite a few weeks now. I um, had the privilege of uh, catching up with you after work on Saturday, and we went there for a... Uh, what I thought was going to be a beer, and we ended up uh, ordering uh, two lemonades and a Coca-Cola because uh, you and uh, Knackers here on my right had had a bit of a large evening. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Tell them what we got up to on the, the Saturday night. Uh, yeah, we uh, polished uh, a bottle of vodka off in your, uh, in your cupboard. Studio. Yeah, storage studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, excellent. And, uh, and that was a Friday, and, and the Saturday, I believe, you went to see some, uh, some local football in the uh, Hyundai A-League. Is, yeah. that, is that right? Yeah, Ross showed me around town, a great city you got here, Melbourne, and then uh, we watched uh, Harry Kuehl's Ad- uh, Melbourne victory. Melbourne victory, yeah. Uh, uh, one of the coaches is the one and only uh, Mr. Kevin Muscat, and that was good. Yeah, he was there. Uh, yeah, one or draw. We just uh, met with other couple of Palace fans, Raj and Ned, uh, just uh, a few beers. So what do you think of the standard of the A-League? I think a lot of our listeners uh, would actually be quite interested in your answer there. Now, keeping in mind you know, your uh, your vocation and obviously watched a lot of football in your time, I've often compared it on the Homesdale for anyone that listens, which was very few people, but, uh, you know, about the A-League, to po- perhaps maybe League One. Uh, do you think that's a fair assessment of the, of the A-League here in Australia, or would you say better or worse? Yeah, about that's about right to me, yeah. It was the magnificent stadium, the Etihad's. It's huge. Yeah, Eddie Ad Stadium. That's a uh, an Australian rules football stadium that has a retractable roof. Uh, estimated uh, capacity crowd for memory in there is about fifty four, fifty five thousand. Yeah, uh, I've been there a few times for various sporting events, and it is a terrific stadium. They obviously keep the roof open. Was the roof open on that particular night? Yeah. Or roof was closed. So it's a pretty good atmosphere um, with the sort of like the hardcore fans behind the goal, and it's just great to have beers in the game. Yeah, we're right behind the goals. You can drink beers out of the. The plastic cups. And all the supporters can sit wherever they want. Isn't yeah. that a very interesting concept that uh, you think would work over in the UK, Gordy? Uh, not really. Not really, mate. Not as passionate here. But, mate, look, we're, before time sort of ticks by, we'll have a, a quick chat to you. You're having a good time. You've been travelling down the East Coast. Oh, we, uh, it's been a great, great experience coming down the East Coast. Fantastic people, amazing scenery. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's great to meet you guys and uh, some of the Melbourne Sports Club. Really enjoyed it. Ross has been great, great host. Let me have his bed. 
<laughs> now, tell you what, now, Saturday night, albeit absolutely twisted drunk, you did actually receive an experience of what Ross and I have to go through every weekend, didn't you? Now, you got the yeah. computer open, logged yeah. on to, well, you actually logged on to Palace Player under my code, didn't you, you cheeky buggers? <laughs> and you were listening to the game, 2 a.m., drunk, on a Saturday night or Sunday morning, as it, as it turns out to be, which is exactly what we have to do every week. So you now know, and you can probably share with the people on the homestay what we have to do. Thoughts on that, Gordon? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well, we were out drinking after the uh, Melbourne game, and then we just rushed back 2 a.m., cracked open the vodka. Um, yeah, was, commentary was brilliant. Great win. Uh, just myself, Ross, and Ned. First time in the chat room as well during the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the chat room was interesting. Uh, Ryan was uh, made a few uh, good comments there towards our direction <laughs> about, uh, about uh, Ryan's uh, Ross's uh, habits, you know. You know. Uh, and while we're on the subject of being drunk on Saturday night, I think uh, oh, a few people an apology. <laughs> um, took a bit, was it John? John Burgess. John and, Burgess. Uh, sorry, Nick, mate. Got, uh, got a, a couple of drunk Skype calls. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Won't do it again, guys. And to whoever typed in they'd like to have my babies, <laughs> can we maybe retract that? In the chat room. <laughs> it's in the chat room. All right. So, look, there you go. I mean, I know you did it. You may have been absolutely, you know, drunk as a skunk, but that is literally what yeah. Ross and I have to do. Me, minus the uh, inebriation, but maybe Ross, I don't know. But uh, that's what we have to do each and every Saturday. Now, what do you reckon about that? Pretty hard? Yeah? I'll tell you what, hats off to you guys. Yeah, amazing. It's yeah. hard work sometimes. That's kind of what you got to do. And I, uh, there was a comment on the home sale last week, and uh, I think uh, I think it was a relatively new post that jumped to the fence of some of our Australian fans and, and what we have to do to follow and, and post comments on the game. Sometimes we feel uh, like we're not a protected species because we don't actually you know, go to the matches, Gordon, and, and sometimes there's a bit of pressure on us to post things sometimes, which is really odd. But uh, I think uh, Ross just gets past it with insults. I just normally sidestep it. But, um, <laughs> you know, you've seen the insight now on what it is what it is like to be a Palace supporter yeah. over here. Just out of interest, um, you uh, would have, I would imagine, uh, you know, being a, a co-creator of Hull and a, a massive Palace fan, that you would have got up live for the um, United game in, in Byron Bay. You would have got up live there, uh, Gordon? Couldn't no? find a pub, Byron Bay. Oh, plenty of pubs in Byron, Gordon. About three. <laughs> no, that's no, plenty, Gordon. You weren't looking up now. Ross, uh, when he told us that, what was your thoughts? Didn't, didn't even get up for the game live. Okay, uh, it was a heavy night. Um, so I decided to watch the rerun at lunchtime without knowing the score. Uh, yeah, magnificent, amazing. This is the, the co-founder of the Homestyle. The didn't co-creator. Watch the, didn't, didn't watch the, the Man United... <laughs> Quarterfinal live. Watch the replay. Ch- chose the lunchtime replay, Ross. Not even the uh, not even leaving the real deal. Very poor, very poor. It's about thinking smart, you see. And there he goes. Hey, happy to comment on how hardcore we are getting up at two a.m. on a Sunday. Well, like your case, staying up to two a.m. on a Sunday morning to to follow the Palace home and away. And here he is, Byron Bay, land of the free and the easy spirit. Couldn't even get up for the six thirty kickoff. <laughs> The pubs are sharp. That's my excuse. Nah, good, All right. mate. All right, well, look, um, sorry, Ross, over to you, mate. You have yeah, well, basically, just want to ask a quick question about how the homestyle was started. If uh, you could let, give us an insight on that quickly, Gordon. Yeah, well, uh, I was studying journalism. We were both at um, um, Soft was studying computer science. So we kind of chatted about, you know, making a website. This is back in 99. Uh, so Pete knocked up a uh, simple little thing. I made a few articles. We, we met up and we just basic designs and yeah went from there really and it's just just grown it's amazing how our public has become today yeah really pleased you feel a bit 
proud of the, the website now, and especially coming all the way halfway across the world and, yeah. and meeting class fans who have met on your website and now are friends and meet up and watch games together, mainly because we all kind of met on Homestead. That's exactly right. That's a really good question. It's, yeah. it's always pleasing when, when you're back home and you see people from you know Australia, America, and they're so grateful to get uh, the service, you know, just to have, the, have a forum in place, you know, news articles. Um, uh, and I've seen it for myself firsthand how, you know, you crave information on the internet. It's so important. You're desperate for every piece of information to find out what's going on because you're so far away. So, yeah, I've, I've seen it firsthand. It does make you proud. And, you know, there's even been uh, two or three marriages for, uh, from, from people who've met on the homestead, which has really? been amazing, yeah. Well, Ross did ask me on Saturday night to have a baby, <laughs> so I mean, there, there may have been a, you know, a conception there. So, no, Gordon, look, I mean, you should be, you know, you should be very proud and, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, I wouldn't have met you, I wouldn't have met Ross, I wouldn't have met a lot of the other boys, and there probably wouldn't be a Melbourne Supporters Club if it essentially was not for that website. Be a lot harder. But yeah, being, being a tool to link everyone up, and um, obviously Ross is really good with the Facebook now. But um, Another thing is you're always trying to improve the website, even while, you, while, while, there, while you've been here uh, you know, the last few days, you always pick my brain about how you can improve the website, um, and you've got the Prediction League and the Player Database, so you're always adding to the website and making it more interesting, and not just you know lying back on a basic slime. Yeah. Anything coming up in the in the prize? You can give us a, a you know a sneak. Uh, uh, there might be a few uh, few changes for next season. So uh, watch this space. Oh, very uh, good, very good, good. Yeah, All right, mate. We should probably wrap it up anyway, Ross. We the five minutes down under has a uh, you know synonymous history with going almost fifteen. So yeah, we should probably uh, we should probably wrap it up. We probably could chat all night, and uh, in fact, we uh, we probably will after we turn the mic off. But um, no, nah, look, we we better wrap it up, Ross. And Gordon, thank you very you know so much for for doing what you've done. Yeah. You probably don't even know, but yeah, as I said, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a privilege to uh, be on the five minutes down under slot. Oh, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it was a massive factor in, in me coming to Australia yeah. and it was hard to be honest it was hard to get you in as well we're, we're really booked out yeah we, we certainly are mate you, uh, yeah, uh, grab a number and uh, just shut the door on the way out <laughs> Gordon thank you very much Ross always a pleasure mate but yeah. I, I think we should wrap it up and until next time we never know when it'll be but um, hopefully you've enjoyed listening and uh, and thanks again Gordon Merry Christmas Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and Happy New Year Merry Christmas see you later thanks guys, See you guys. bye, bye. Minutes down under. Hello there, this is Paddy McCarty. I'd like to wish y'all a very, very Merry Christmas uh, and a Happy New Year. I'm definitely him. Um, I've yeah, I'm him, I'm definitely him, and I'd like very much to also suggest that, um, uh, oh no, I don't know what I'm saying. Three points but to Southampton. <laughs> three points on Monday. I think that was Owen Garvin in the background. Anyway, I'm off now, boy. Like, thanks, thanks, Paddy, thanks for popping in. <laughs> that we've brilliant. got um, He's a legend. We've got some uh, Christmas messages coming throughout the show. They're all the, def- they're all the real people, promise you. Promise you. Anyway, we're just about to speak to Terry Byfield. I think that's what that sound is there. Just like a professional radio show. La 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 la. Filling, filling, filling. Hello. 
Hello, Terry. It's Chris Hambling on Whole Radio. You're live. Please don't swear. Oh, I don't know why I said that. You never swear. Hi, Terry. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fine, thank you. You okay? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. Um, yeah, as you know, this is our, our Christmas show, and we just wanted to catch up with you and find out uh, how things have gone behind the scenes up until now, and um, and what your thoughts are for the future. So, if we can probably start with... Um, I mean, first of all, the, the big question, really, is, is did you expect us to do so well this season? Well, I think looking obviously as everyone does at this time of year, looking back over the year, I mean, we started uh, New Year's Day with a change in management, and if anyone had said then, sort of in a year's time, going back to Millwall next week, uh, New Year's Eve, but we'd be sort of uh, in the position we're in. I mean, obviously, uh, as we stand at the moment tonight, Carling Cup semi-final and a match tomorrow night against Birmingham, which, uh, because of the weekend fixtures, could see us going to seventh in the league if we get the victory. So, mm. you know, it's a year where... Um, you know, as Dougie has stressed after press conferences, press conferences after games this season, it's one where you know it's all about the club progressing on and off the pitch. And I think certainly on the pitch, as far as football is concerned, we certainly have um, come a long way. And uh, you know, I think uh, you were saying a couple of weeks ago at the DVD premiere at the Fairfield Halls that uh, we just want the fans to you know enjoy what the team produce. And I think mm. uh, certainly nights like up at Old Trafford showed what the Palace is supported like. And uh, I think. You know, off the pitch, the covers, uh, you know, does certainly continue to progress and uh, the board always try and make sure that uh, the match day experience and all that they offer the fans uh, continue to get better and better. Have you, I mean, is that something you've picked up on yourself that there, there has been an improvement in sort of the whole experience on the match day because you're very much part of that? Yeah, I mean, we've, um, there's been a lot of different things introduced uh, under the current owners which uh, continue sort of right at this time I and mean, we'll just recently put on sale uh, season tickets for next season, which may seem a long time ahead, but uh, the planning obviously never stops behind the scenes. And uh, this year, slightly different, because we appreciate that finances are difficult at this time of the year. We've actually mm. extended the first deadline period of when people can purchase their season to get at the best price, and that's going right through until February the 3rd, rather than finishing on New Year's Eve like it normally does. So people have got a little bit more time into the new year to get the season tickets for their best prices. Mm. Something, talking about match day, something which has been a massive success is uh, something like the, the Crystal Palace Owl, which um, certainly a lot of people will be uh, drinking, I'm sure, over the next couple of weeks or so. But oh, yes. uh, they, we've got a special day tomorrow at the Birmingham game. If people want to, and they certainly have been over the last couple of weeks, ordering Palace Owl to give Palace fans its Christmas presents. If you order, I think it's by lunchtime tomorrow, you can actually, after the game, go into reception and actually collect the Palace Owl that you've ordered. So That sort of leads me on to um, sort of my next point, really. Honestly, you, you've been at a club, well, I don't know how long it is. How long is it, Terry? It's uh, 26 years. Oh, my word. <laughs> ah, I was five years old when you started. Um, <laughs> it's an amazing shift. Yeah, obviously, you've you. probably... <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, I didn't mean to point that out. Um, obviously, you've seen pretty much everything that you could, have, you, well, you could ever expect to see behind a football club, I think, in, in that period of time. Um, 
the atmosphere behind the scenes now, sort of at, at the club in general, not just the, the you know the players, but amongst the staff as well. In comparison to the sort of different periods you've been through, I mean, what, what's it like? I think you know, looking back over the time and um, you know over, over those um, twenty plus years, I mean, obviously, as any like Palace fans followed the club over that time, will know that there's been plenty of ups and downs. Um, there have been you know a couple of administration periods, which were obviously very down time, not only you know, for fans and staff alike and players involved. But I think generally, you know, behind the scenes, there's a lot of supporters that work at the club. So, you know, you do sort of get carried carried along in, in you know, the, doing this for the football club. You know, we're all working together to make sure that the end goal is, uh, you know, for delivering a good service for the supporters, whether it's the people working in the box office or whether it's us who put together in the communications department with the programme. Um, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of things that have to be delivered and it's important they're delivered with a first class service and I think you know when you ask what the staff are like the staff the staff come in you know they're then they're in sort of first thing for example tomorrow the, the long match day but they're in first thing right through building up to the doors opening tomorrow night and delivering the first class service so that people go home and you know feel that they've enjoyed you know whatever the result obviously we're hoping it's three points in Burnley, but whatever the result the, the public can go home knowing that you know, they've been in the right kind of environment and Crystal Palace is a club that you know, wants the fans to belong to that kind of environment. As far as the staff are concerned, obviously, you know, it's the same with any business. You know, we, we go along with all that's happening. We need to create the right, that right environment. It's down to the staff to make sure that the public and the fans are aware that uh, the first-class services is on offer. And hopefully, you know, through things like this, uh, through Homestale Radio, through... Twitter, Facebook, much more than any time in the 26 years, we get an instant reaction to the fans' views. And, uh, yeah. you know, it used to be true message boards. Now, with Twitter and Facebook, if we put out an offer, say, for example, like we're saying, the season ticket, immediately we get feedback, which helps make, you know, running the club so much more important. And it helps make those staff that you're talking about their jobs a lot easier because that instant feedback means that we can react to the negatives and the positives in the way that they need to be reacted to. Yeah, I think, I mean, a, a lot of people, myself included, have been encouraged with the, you know, the changes that have been made. And it does, it just does feel a lot easier to sort of get your point across to the club. And it never doesn't feel so much like a confrontation when something goes wrong. You kind of almost you're in it, in it together. I think that's kind of typified when you saw the, the attendance at the Philip Sellers Day against um, Reading, where we had, I think we had 21,000 just over. Uh, I think yeah. look yeah. if I look I think looking at it at the time that was our highest attendance um, at, for for a league match since we were in the Premiership. Um, you know we had like uh, Bristol City playoffs that was that was a bigger attendance and we had a few bits and pieces. But in terms of a bog standard league ma league match that was that was massive. So although you know a lot of those were discount tickets, it just shows that the the fan base is there and um, you know and and the fans get behind things on a message board as you were indicating. Um, Aaron, you had a question. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, think, no, go on, go for it, Terry. Yep. I, I, think, I think something like last season, you're just picking up on the fill up seller stage, it's also like the Clubs Family Day, the do do the juice office for school children, etc. I think the end of last season, where, well, to get, which came of the, the game at the end of last season, was, which we had the Family Day, I mm. think from then on, there was a continual upturn in attendances, a better right. atmosphere inside the ground, and I know that the management team certainly felt that played a major part in keeping the team in the championship. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Um, 
yeah, like you say, the players are going to want to going to want to run out on a, at a full stadium with a cracking atmosphere. It make, and Sellers Park's a special place when it is full as well. So, now that's that's excellent to hear. Um, Aaron, you had a question about the the possibility of us uh, moving grounds and what Terry thought on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course, the atmosphere at Sellers is always brilliant. Uh, Terry, where do you stand on Palace moving ground, or would you rather have them stay at Sellers? I think, um, you know, obviously, mine, it's called United, it's Sellers Park, or Binham, Christian Paris Football Club, but, you know, whether we decide, whether it's decided for the good of the football club to move up to the National Sports Centre site, or whether the Sellers Park Stadium is, um, you know, is uh, revamped to, to what we know now, and, uh, you know, it gets a completely new look. That time, we sort of remain to be seen what happens on that mm. over time, but uh, I think, as far as I'm concerned, I think, um, you know, you just you go around the championship watching different games, and a lot of the new grounds do look very similar in, in look and the feel of them, and so on. And um, there is obviously an amount of envy amongst fans that sort of go to these new grounds and see how good they can be. So I think for the good of Crystal Palace Football Club, if we're going to move to a new stadium, completely relaunch the whole look of the ground and the facilities and everything, whether it's for the fans, whether it's for the media, hospitality, etc., brilliant. You know. Mm. Um, I think Sellers Park Stadium, you know, can be, you know, obviously there hasn't been a great deal of work done on the actual stadium over mm. a number of years, and the owners are recognising that by the improvements that they're making. And if, the, you know, if it's decided through whatever reasons that they have to stay at Sellers, then I'm sure they'll make, you know, they'll make um, improvements to in- increase the, the, the capacity and the look of the whole stadium and make it much better. Um, from a personal point of view, um, I'd quite, you know, I'd quite like to move to a new stadium. It's going to, um, you know, it's going to give us much better facilities. But then, on the other hand, as I say, all supporting Palace, so Villa Park, probably as far as I'm concerned, the uh, the home of Crystal Palace. Mm. Now, that's a point. It's, you know, obviously, sentiment does play a part to a, to a degree. But as as you say, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's the off off pitch activities as well would benefit so much from having, you know, better facilities because. You know, there's a whole. The stadium is only, you know, generally is only in use uh, when when a team's playing. So there's a whole period of time where it just does not get used. And and Sellers Park, although like you say, there's been some work done and it does look great in the in the sort of reception boardrooms areas now. Looks really really nice. But you know, you want to encourage more more corporate um, involvement. I think uh, you know it certainly helps in terms of sponsorship and hosting hosting days for various companies and what have you and that's something that the club do very very well um ben you yeah, we've, we've, got, we've, actually, we've actually got sort of a very active sort of um conference and banking department and corporate sales department obviously corporate sales more is about sort of selling the club for match day hospitality and we have match sponsors as you see through the program but we also have a conference and banking department where so over the last four weekends um, we've had christmas local companies having their their staff christmas parties and sellers parties but it's also very important that, you know, during the week, the, air, the stadium is used for conferences and, and um, birthday parties and wedding celebrations as well are held at Sellers Park. You know, so it, it's about it becoming much more than just 90 minutes on a match day, but becoming a seven-day-a-week stadium. And uh, the CMB team, Conference of Banking team, are working very hard to make that happen. Excellent. Uh, ben? Yes, uh, we've spoken to you obviously about so far this season, if you expected us to do so well. Looking forward to the season ahead. Uh, what are your hopes and expectations, both with the Carling Cup, obviously we've got the two-legged semi-final against Cardiff, and then in the league as well, what do you expect for the rest of the season? Uh, well, firstly, the Carling Cup obviously has been 
it's been a run where we've had a lot of home draws, and then out of that, um, we got off um, the, uh, the tremendous tie for Old Trafford, which, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the, the, the support on the night was uh, any reruns that you hear, you know, that you, listen, you watch on Sky, you can hear our crowd very much in full voice, and you heard them up there on the night, so that was good. Two-legged semi-final against Cardiff, some people will say it's better to have the, you know, the your, your second leg at home, but that hasn't happened, we have to go by and by what happens in the draw. But we've got Cardiff, a side that we know well through the uh, championship, and, uh, you know, it's every, every chance. It's, uh, you know, a difficult side. They're a very good side. You saw that when we played them down there to the Cardiff City Stadium just a few weeks ago. So we know what um, what they can do. We, we will obviously uh, have to play very well over the two legs to get through, but it would be tremendous for Crystal Palace Football Club to be playing at the new Wembley. Um, mm. It'll be a great, um, be a great day for the club. But before that, we've obviously got a number of league games. We've got to get over the semi-final first. So let's uh, let's concentrate on that two-legged semi-final. Tickets for the home leg selling really well, so that's good. And they're now available to um, to members as well. So uh, that's good uh, for the um, for both legs. So they're they're very busy selling those. We've got uh, four thousand for the away for the away tie for the second leg. Um, as for the league program. Uh, that's gone probably you know better than anyone could have expected. I mean, we're going very well in the championship with an opportunity to go uh, just outside the playoff places tomorrow night. So that's very good. Um, and I would expect just to maintain that kind of form. Uh, yeah. I think uh, Daddy Friedman, as I said at uh, that DVD premiere, was saying that we'll be a team that you know will will be a little bit inconsistent at times, winning some and then having a bit of dip in form because of the the young squad what we've got but we've got to keep the youngsters encouraged we've got to get behind them which our crowd do very well both home yeah. and away yeah. and uh, you know I would think that uh, we'll be battling for the uh, top half of the table right through until the uh, end of the season and hopefully uh, not having the nervous uh, 90 minutes that we've suffered over the last <laughs> end of the last couple of seasons yeah tell me about it yeah definitely um, sorry Ben you, you had a follow up there you were telling me yeah, you uh, you mentioned about the Cardiff away leg. Do you know how many tickets have been sold for that? Obviously, we've been given four thousand. Yeah, we've been given four thousand. I don't know the actual figure, Ben, um, but I know that uh, um, both the phone lines and online we've been selling really well. So yeah. I would think that uh, tickets are going um, you know, going very well for it, and it I'm sure we'll uh, won't be surprised that if we took uh, the full allocation. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, Terry, we're going to let you go now, mate, but thank you so much for your time, and, and hopefully everyone's um, very much on board with, with the things that come in, coming up that you've, you've mentioned. Uh, obviously, season ticket prices being held, uh, you know, the, got the Carling Cup games coming up, and, and hopefully, you know, people will, will get behind the team and, and push them on, to, you know, and to, the, to the top of the you know, table like you suggested. So, um, thanks so much for your time, Terry. Um, Hopefully we'll, I'd just we'll like to say, Chris, obviously, um, on, on behalf of the club, you know, a big um, well done to everyone at Homestead Radio for the work that you do there with your uh, with your weekly programme, and uh, it's much appreciated, all the feedback we get from it. Oh, that, me that means a great deal, Terry. Thank you very much for that. Um, Merry Christmas as well. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye Thank now. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Terry Byfield there, um, yeah, obviously again can't thank Terry enough for for what he said there. It, it means a lot to us. Um, yeah, probably a little bit too drunk to uh, completely handle that interview <laughs> as well as I could. But yeah, what a yeah cracking guy. And obviously, 
said there he's been at the club 26 years he's he's seen it all um he must have <laughs> must have some stories to tell i hope he writes a book one day uh but what, what absolute legendary is um yeah proper palace man what we've got coming up for you next is the clinton morrison interview but before that there's a very special special not special special, special. message yeah <laughs> from uh from a sadly absent whole radio presenter hi everyone this is mark on homestyle radio i'm just going to wish you a happy christmas no drinking, gambling or smoking for you over age teens. And kids, remember, Santa is real. Obviously, welcome, Clinton. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, just, sort of, just sort of start, really, with the, with, with the early time at Palace, really. Um, so you've, you've come up through the ranks like a, like a few of the lads in the team now. Uh, what's your, yeah. your sort of memories of your youth days? Were you a prolific scorer back then? Yeah, in the youth team, uh, what was I? Um, used to like one season I think I scored near enough, near enough thirty six goals, and the next season I think I scored thirty in the youth team. But I always remember um, um, Bruce Bayer. I always used to, Bruce always tells me this because I still speak to him now. He always used to say when I was a youth team, the first team would have a game, and I'd we'd just we'd, we'd have to go in the change room before the game, and we'd just finish the youth team game. And he'd always say to me, he'd always say, I said to it. I uh, he asked me did I score and I said yeah I scored a hat trick this week and he and he go oh well done and, he, and then just as he's concentrating ready for a game I would say to him but and next week I'm coming to take your position in the first team <laughs> so he just used to he always used to say I was someone like a bit of culture but I think that's just the way I've been for ages but no yeah. my palace as a kid was probably the best time ever I, I think back now I think to myself I wish I was like 18, 19 again but yeah. kind of no regrets really. No, absolutely. It's, well, mate, you've had, you know, you've you've had a fantastic yeah. career all over the place. You can't have yeah. any regrets on, on that. No, it's great. I mean, obviously, you you, you do si did similar things with it with the uh, for the young lads. You know, sort of like and I can I don't yeah. know. I've, I've seen you talk to you about you know, did you score today? Sort of likes of uh, Penny, I think, when you were here last. Uh, yeah, Benji, yeah, Jody, yeah, I think I as well. Yeah, I speak to them, I speak to um, Kieran Cadogan, even now when he's not in the team, and he's not involved, I still try to, like, you know, just keep his spirits up, basically. He's young, like, his, his time will come, just at the mm. moment, obviously, the team are doing, uh, doing well, so he has to bide his time, but he'll be, get his chance. I think that rule, which has hurt a lot of teams, is like the five rule sub, which is not good for the youngsters, where if you've had seven, I think more of them will get a chance to progress through but no the young lads as I said before and everyone will tell you I think Palace have probably got one of the best youth setups ever because most of the lads that have come out of their youth setup they're excellent like people like Victor Moses now he's doing well do you know what I mean so yeah uh, absolutely man no, we're you know, obviously all the fans are so proud of of you know the academy that we have, and it's it's such an important part of the community. But it's just great to see. I mean, obviously you're a great example of someone who came through and not only played in the you know top division, but you, you got countless international caps as well, mate. So you just you know it's an example of what people can achieve, and I think you know it's yeah, good yeah. to have that. Yeah. Uh, before I let Mark Definitely. ask you his question. Um, yeah. I just want to sort of talk about your your debut against your current club, Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is a bit weird how things work out, isn't it? But, um, yeah. yeah, so you come in straight away and scored. I mean, you're a confident man. Did you expect to have that kind of an impact? Well, I don't really. I think I've, when I was told the day before I'd be in the first team squad, I was like, even though I was a confident person and cocky, I was a bit nervous, to be fair, so the night before. Because then we got to the ground and he said, you'd be on the bench. And I thought, last game of the season, I think both teams were, I think, Teams were already really good. I don't know if Sheffield Wednesday were, but I know we were. So yeah. I just know that the man he said that um, you're going 
that was it. The game was like, it was not, I think it was, no, what was it? No, no, yeah, it was no, no, and it was nothing, I think. And then I've noticed, he just, like, what was it? I don't know, when I came in, it might have been 15 or 10 minutes ago, he said, oh, you're coming on. So then, obviously, my, my heartbeat just started skipping, going faster. Because even though I've become, like, I'm a bit of a flash, I was a bit nervous. So, <laughs> come on. And then, obviously, I do remember it because when I was used to him, um, Antilio Lombardo used to give me a listen. And I said to him, one day, you're gonna, I said to him, one day, you're going to, I'm going to be playing with you. And it, to be that he was the one that I remember him going down to the line and just crossing it back and me sliding in with my left foot all them years ago and putting it in and I think I, I, I remember it and I know nearly every Sheffield Wednesday fan remember it because they keep telling me about it now up until this day <laughs> so I did oh, it was a great feeling it was like obviously it was it was just it was a great time to score and I, I just really enjoyed it and that, that set me up on my career for Crystal Palace that's it and over 100 since then as well which was a, a huge achievement okay Mark I'm going to let you step in now and ask Clint Hi Clinton. Um, right. After after your debut at Palace yes. and scoring, you had a great season the following season. But of course, there was yeah. a lot of problems at the club, off the field as well as on it. How difficult was it to play with with well, all that going on in the background yeah. and with administration looming? How did you cope with that? Yeah. To be fair, for me, I was young, so basically it didn't affect me as much as probably it affected um some of the senior lads but it galvanised like the more the youngsters got a chance to actually break in because maybe I wouldn't have broken into the first team as early as I did because of that we break in but obviously I could understand it was, everyone was together there was a, probably one or two who kept morning but not getting paid which is hard now if you look about it because they all have mortgages and they've got kids and family to feed so I could understand but back to me back then I was it was different for me. I didn't realise I was young. I was still living at home. I wasn't getting hardly any big wages. I just wanted to go out there and just play for Palace and make sure we didn't get relegated and stuff like that. And the club didn't fold, which was good. And in the end, it, it didn't fold. But no, it was a great team. To, I know it's not nice to be in administration. Definitely not, because you not you not know what's going to happen. Was, uh, was everyone yeah, pulling in the same direction, though? You know, when you were in, no, in that say, first I time? I wouldn't say everyone, but <laughs> I probably wouldn't say everyone. I, put, I think a few were flipping, a few were having a little bit of a moan, but more the, I just used to be with the youngsters, basically. And yeah. we, all, we did all pull in the right direction, because um, at the end of the day, we survived it, and, and we come through it. So we did, yeah. did well, and obviously, and everyone got their money back. But I, I hear where people come from. At that time, when someone says, you're not going to get paid for XYZ months, then you, it yeah. does hit you hard, definitely. But you've got to just stay strong and get together. Like, Palace have been through it, and they've been through it again. So it's, it's yeah. not like they've been through it once, they've been through it twice. So hopefully yeah. now they're a stable club and they can just kick on again. Mm. Well, yeah, well, bo both times it made heroes out of, out of the players, you know, as, uh, as well as bringing them together with the fans. So, like you say, it's a horrible thing to go through, but, but you do get, you do get like a special feeling when you come out of it, I think. So, it's, yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it, yeah, you definitely do get a special feeling, but you're not, yeah, and you can always tell when you, in that, who are the people that are with you. And they were the people who were not with you when it's in that time because you can always tell the ones who are not really bothered. Like, I'm not going to say names, but there was one or two that definitely were just worrying about their money and stuff like that. And was like, all right, well, I'm not going to not gonna play for the team. And then if you don't want to play for the team, go away then, innit? We'll do it without you, basically. So, and then that was it, really. But back then, yeah. we were paying people crazy money back then when we did go into administration the first time anyway. We had all yeah. that 
had a vinyl, had a surgery, <laughs> yeah. playing Kevin Benny Bull, so we was in a lot of debt back then, definitely. So it was crazy. Yeah. I say, you're not yeah. going to mention names, but we can remember a few. I think Kevin exactly. Miller's friends out there. Well, there you go, there you go, there you go, see, so there you go. I'm not going to say anything, but there you go. You don't have to, mate, it's all right. Yeah. I, I better say allegedly after that, actually, so I'm not going to, yeah, I'm all pretty right. sure that's all. All right, mate. Um, all just before I let Mark chip in again, I've got a sort of a follow-up yeah. really to that. I mean, you uh, you sort of that was you establishing yourself in that in your team in the team throughout that period, if you like. Um, I basically I sort of looked it up, and you you were pretty much, in fact, pretty much you were top scorer every single season. Um, once you know, once you'd establish yourself, and one of the, the big reasons for that sort of, well, both both first time round and when you came back when AJ was here as well, but was the sort of interaction between y yourself and Dougie. And um, can you describe a little bit about yeah, what yeah. it's like to play with Dougie? No, nah, yeah, as much as uh, yeah. To be fair, Dougie's probably one of the most intelligent, one of the best, most intelligent forwards I've ever um, um, played with in my career. So clever, he'd drop into holes, and when I was younger. He just say play on their last man's shoulders and I'd drop in holes and get on the ball and we used to do the overs and do the Dwight York and Andy Cole and it just used to work. Me and him just clearly clicked. And it was a thing like where he, he knew that I was like a little mouthy little London young boy growing up and he was more experienced, Dougie. And he just he just used to help me a lot. And even when we played together, he was always there, he was always helping me, telling me what runs and he said he's always respected me. And he said it to me when was it up until like when was it? Two months ago, because I still speak to him every now and again. He said he's always respected me because of the way I've always used to be able to talk, but I always could always walk the walk as well. When I talked, I always went on the pitch and delivered. But no, to play with Dougie, it was, it, was, it was good, it was very clever, and he helped me a lot in my career, definitely. Did you think he was going to, well, he had the sort of hallmarks of, of, of a manager who's making the sort of waves he's making now? Yeah, because he's, he's the busiest Scottish man I've ever come across. <laughs> yeah, he, I always knew that he'd be a, good, a decent manager because he was so busy and didn't stop talking and, and this and that. But no, nah, he's clever. He knows the game. And when you've got a clever player like him, I didn't, I didn't, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, I didn't think he'd do as well had he done this season and took Palace to the semi-finals at the top and done mm. stuff like that and got them playing good football. I didn't think that because I thought it would be hard. But then he has got a guy beside him in the, Lenny Lawrence who's been there seen their water t-shirts so maybe he's helping him but uh, yo fair play to Dougie I'm, I'm happy for him because mm. if anyone he is like basically he is Mr. Palace he's been there he's, he's mm. scored bundles of goals and everything and he's, he's the one that scored us that famous goal as uh, Stockport that kept the club yeah. up there so no I'll never forget that and I'll never forget that so yeah he deserves it and I hope he does well for Palace and they carry on doing well so that's good great stuff. I always look out for their results I always look out for their results still still hold them in form and I hopefully one day I will I can go I will go back but that's up to Dougie <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was going to say yeah. well, when obviously you're speaking to him I, you know I, I wouldn't know you know yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, I do speak to him like just to see how sometimes how it's going and how the young boys are going and he was saying to me once he wanted me to come speak to some of the young boys there because this and that and I said yeah I'll come down so I tried to get down but it's just difficult basically to always yeah. get down because I'm playing myself but no I, when in one of these semi-finals the semi-final I think I'm going to try and come down and watch that because it would be a good game that against Cardiff yeah, it will, mate. That'd be brilliant if you can yeah. that, yeah. But no, I say we'd love to have yeah. you back around the club any way you can, mate. So, oh, I'd love yeah. to be there. I, 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 I'm going to make a pact, even if when I finish one day, I'm doing all my coaching badges and something like that. I can one day come on and be on, even on these coaching stuff, because that, that is yeah. 
I am massively into it. And actually, something massively every like, manager I've worked with recently, even my manager now, Gary Megson, he's even said to me, you've got the capability because you don't shut up either. You just talk, talk, talk. <laughs> which is probably, and he said, nowadays, that's probably all that managers do talk a lot and it gets them jobs. So that's why I'm, we'll just see what happens, basically. But I'd love, I'd love to go back to Palace even for another, like, even for cup seasons and stuff, to, just to, even even just to finish up, even to break Ian Wright's record, that would be a dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I could just be go, go down as a as a proper big legend back up Palace. Oh mate, you're already a legend. <laughs> yeah, I know Ian Wright would absolutely. Yeah, you know, he'd love you if you beat his record, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because when I was on loan at um, MK Don this season, um, he came. He was um, striker striker coach so he came and did the strikers and to have him there was just brilliant and he said like he used to say to me you know I've already come back there come here and help them because I knew you were here and I could buzz off what you're doing and you can help the youngsters there. and I said yeah I'm here and then all of a sudden Sheffield Wednesday called me back so it was only, I was only there for about a week training with him which was a bit bit oh. devastating because when you've got a chance to work with him right regular it's, mm-hmm. it's a quality thing but he just I still speak to him I texted him and he says definitely you should try and get back to Palace one day he said that's your club and I if I think about it in my club, it's the way I've had the most success. And I just, you know, when you've got a bond with, with the fans, not all the time the fans were, I can't say all the time the fans loved me, <laughs> but I can say probably about 98% of them did did love me. But you're not, you're not going to please everyone, are you? Basically, no, so, but and sometimes I was on my worst, worst worst enemy with the way I was, but I'm changing now. I'm more, more mature, more grown up. Vincent, <laughs> you're saying yeah. um, about... Uh, getting on with people and now obviously you're a bit older and wiser yeah. shall I say yeah it's quite it's quite well documented that you had some tricky relationships with with some former managers and yeah is it when you left Palace first time around was it more of a desire yeah. to play in the Premier League or more of a problem with you and Trevor Francis that sort of led you to well, join Burnley? You know, yeah, well, it's a different, difficult one because obviously Steve Bruce was um, had done so well under him leading up to that, and he'd done well for the club. And I thought it, it, every time he used to speak to me, and he just he ate the buzz of him and had a lot of confidence, basically. So, and then I thought to myself, and I always say this now to people, like basically, when the time's right and you're scoring goals and a team comes in and it's a playing premiership, if you don't take it, then you you could miss your chance. So, but maybe like I was a bit too eager to go to Birmingham in the end, but it was just a chance of going to play in the Premiership. Who knows, if I didn't do that, I might never have gone to play in the Premiership. So that first thing, I, I probably did push it a little bit. But really and truly, I didn't have no bad feelings towards Trevor Francis. We had our arguments, but I think those are players I've argued with their manager. But I just yeah. basically wanted to go play in the Premiership. I think it was every great team to play in it. And I thought, if I didn't, I wanted to do it with Palace ideally, and I would have loved to have done it with Palace. So be it, just didn't work out, but obviously, and then when I came, and then obviously when I came back and I went again under Warnock, that was totally different. That was Warnock, basically. I've never told anyone this, but I don't really mind the fans knowing now. This was Warnock saying to me, basically, what was I? I was scored like, what, 18, 19 goals that season for Warnock, playing in a free up front on the left, which I didn't want to play with, we rather played like sometimes Spokov and Shefki Kuchi through the middle where I wanted to play centre, but I played on the left of it and just did a mum, worked hard, got in it, and I think it was the top goal scorer. And then he said to me at the end of the season, um, you're like one of the big guys um, at this club, you've got a lot of influence. I think he was more worried about influence I had around the place with the players yeah. and with fans and I would make them turn against him, which I never did, I just tried to 
tell me that. But I didn't want to leave. He just said to me, basically, and they called me and said, we'll give, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a deal or something. But he said, what I'm going to tell you is you're not, not going to play nowhere near probably as much as you should be playing. And I was like, well, I want to play because I think if I'm playing well, he was like, well, you're not going to play. So I was like, okay. So basically, you're telling me I'm not going to play. You're telling me you don't want me. And he was like, yeah, well, that's the bottom line. And I was like... Okay, fair enough. So I think on that other hand, I think the chairman wanted to keep me, but the manager didn't. So when the manager don't want to keep at the club, as much as I love Crystal Palace, I couldn't be sitting there the whole time and not playing when I know. But then, if I look back at it now, I always say this to my family, I wish I had stayed there and just fought it. And then I know eventually I would have got in the team. But when you're then then and you're thinking you just want to play every week and then you've got a manager saying you're not going to play, then it's a bit hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think a, a lot of fans sort of looking in on that situation at the time were were slightly suspicious because there was a few things that were coming out. Um, obviously, we knew you'd yeah. been offered a contract, and we knew it was yeah. a good contract. But, well, it was like well, it's a contract, not money issue because it was a contract. Yeah. It was uh, the contract was alright. It wasn't on as much money as I was on before. It was it was a bit less, but it didn't bother me because uh, I'd already made my lot of money already in the game, so that wasn't an issue. I like Palace is my club. I don't. I play for Palace for free, so it's not really yeah, exactly. That wasn't really, that's not really an issue. The issue was, I'm not going to play. And he basically didn't want me. You know when you just can get the, you've got the vibe, basically? He mm. probably thought I was a bigger influence then, but where the chairman was close with me and liked me a lot, yeah. you know what I mean? I think he was putting pressure on him to take to keep him. But in the end, I just made the decision for him and said, OK, I won't really sign, basically. And, and that was it. So it's not like I had another club lined up or anything. Cause I, well, didn't. I think we sympathise, mate. I think everyone knows that the biggest personality uh, of Neil Warnock club has to be Neil Warnock. So, um, exactly, that's, that's you know, the problem. The worst, yeah. that, the worst thing about it is I went to Coventry and signed, and this is, I know it wasn't for money, you know, I put my hand on my heart here. I went to Coventry and signed for less money, less money than what I was yeah. going to get at Palace. So I can 100% tell you why there's nothing to do with money. There's pure football reasons. I want to play football. So, Clinton, do they, is it, are you so vocal in the dressing room that managers are kind of scared of you? No, no, I'm vocal. I mean, I'm not vocal, to be fair. I think around the training ground, you'd, you could definitely hear me, but you know, it's not it's not hearing me in a way where it's, I think it's in, a, it's in a bad way. I don't think it's a bad way. I just think it's in a way where it basically you can hear a lot of me. I'm not really vocal. I think if a manager says something to me after the game and then you're in the heat of the moment, I think to myself, I will say something back to him, which maybe sometimes I'm in the wrong and I'll be the first one to hold it out, but two minutes later I will go and apologise, but probably in the heat of the moment when someone said that until after the game, I'm the type of person that will say something. But not not so much now, not so much now. Now I accept it and just think to myself, I know deep down what I uh, what I think, but back then I think when you're then and you're a bit younger, you think you just throw off the handle. So that was it really and, really and truly, because I can't understand how I was top coast for Palace and then you know, Warnock all of a sudden says, I don't want you, or you're not going to play it. It's a bit strange really, but what okay, can I do? And, and again, you know, well, I don't want to speak bad of a, of a player who worked pretty hard for us but he, you know we, we kept James Scowcroft and let you go so what do I know um yeah well <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean my, my sort of last question I, hope, I think Mark's probably got a couple of bits and then we got a little couple yeah. of quick quick four ones at the end before we let you go mate right. but my, my last yeah, one no. really is is 
sort of on that basis that you, you, you've had a couple of difficult situations you've just told us about. Um, but you've, you know, you've played under yeah. quite a lot of managers at Palace, and it, that seems to be where you've kind of got your best football played and, and sort of done the. Yeah, work. yeah, that'd be the first one to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the uh, best time I've played my football under Palace. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, a lot of that hopefully is to do with the managers you played under, and it might be an obvious uh, question. I've got a list here. It says Coppel, Smith, Lombardo. Well, I've forgotten about that one. Kemba, uh, <laughs> Bruce, and Francis. But I mean, of of those. Um, might, I say it might be an obvious question, but who was your your favourite? Um, yeah, obviously, I'd, yeah, I would say, like, Steve Bruce is definitely one of them up there, because, yeah, obviously, he took me to Birmingham, and he's, uh, he's done other stuff, and I still speak to him now, so he's definitely up there. Steve Cobble's 100% up there. He's the one that, basically, he just helped, helped me when I was young in the youth team, and Steve Kemba's, I'd definitely say Steve Kemba as well. And even Alex Smith, I don't. Even Alex Smith slapped me on the chance on this, but he did that for a good, a good. Some of his things, I, I thought Alex Smith was very like peculiar. I like the way some of the things he did, but a lot of things he did take me out like one on ones and took me like. I remember him taking me to a cricket once, England versus Indies, and he always just said, "I want you to come out with me and see how people behave and stuff." So. Not to do well. I don't think it was like that with any of them. Any of us. 
think it was a point where we all got on well together and we just wanted the team to do well and, and win basically and that was it so it, it was good to be fair that was good very yeah. good. But AJ well, was injured quite a bit, to be fair. So it yeah, was a yeah. bit hard that one as well. Yeah. Clinton, I saw your, I saw the DVD. Um, uh, the premiere was uh, last uh, week um, yeah. in Croydon, and uh, there was a little section in it where uh, you were talking about scoring your hundredth goal, running the length of the pitch yeah. to your mum. To your mum. That was yeah. that one of one of the you know the highlights. Your most memorable. Uh, uh, sort of uh, moments as a Crystal Palace player? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you score 100 goals for a club that you've liked, basically come through the youth team with and gone away and then come back again. It's one of the best feelings ever. I mean, and it was just just brilliant, to be fair. I'd waited quite a bit to get that 100 goal. So when it when it came, I was happy. But no, I, I've got loads of fun memories. That's probably the best memory because I scored 100. Another good memory scoring my first goal actually against Sheffield Wednesday. And there's loads of scoring the list, scoring against Liverpool, and then when I got in trouble, when I was talking about Michael Owen after, which wasn't <laughs> really, yeah. it wasn't really all true. It wasn't, it wasn't true. But you know what the media can be like sometimes. <laughs> and then also there was um scoring against Sunderland in a cup game. There's loads of goals. There's even goals where I've gone round the goalie slipped and actually pull it in off my back, my backside. So obviously <laughs> every goal I've scored for Palace, but obviously the hundredth goal is very special. But as I said to you, equaling Mark Bright was a good. Rip. I want to just look to come back to Palace and actually go past him and go past Ian Wright because what you else can go back and say when they finish football so we'll tell my kids now you know, or they can tell their grandchildren that he's actually scored more goals than Ian Wright and Mark Wright two legend players of you know what I mean yeah. so that, that's yeah. obviously a dream so we write that bit we write that one with um, Dougie so I think yeah. Yeah, you, you and the fans have to start getting that one going and try and get into it yeah no worries <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd be good to see. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be. It would, I'd say, just like, you know, when you just like to, you'd like to come back. Not, well, I'm not a person who's going to say, oh yeah. yeah. I think people would run and race thinking I'm going to be coming in saying, oh, I want to play every week. Obviously, you want to play every week, but if it, you know, you get to a time where you think to yourself, okay, you just got to take your time and see where it goes. But I know I'd be a big influence on the kids. Yeah, I, I yeah. Again, that's, that's a lot of people have said that as well because you know the conversation comes up every now and then, as as I'm sure you're aware. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I always get people coming on my Twitter saying about it. But no, I, that's, I think I don't I don't know why I think Dougie might. The bottom of his mind was always say, oh yeah, he loves me and this and that. But I think he's just a bit worried that what sort of influence I would probably have in the dressing room. But yeah. as I said, he he seen me when I was a bit of a. I grew on a hothead, which was years and years ago. And now I'm just more chilled. I'm all for the team and all for my for my players, basically. And I just like to see the young players progress and do well and come through, and actually the club. And you know, obviously, Crystal Palace is my club, so yeah. if the opportunity came to come back to Crystal Palace, I would jump at it. That would be fantastic. Good. No, I mean, yeah, I think we, I think we're gonna have to leave there. We've kept you much longer than we said we would. So well, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't. I don't. I'm not really bothered. I don't speak to anyone at Palace that much now. I don't mind doing talking about Crystal Palace. If you want to ask more questions, by all means, do it. I, I'll be the first to tell you when I've had enough. For it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to ask, I've got one more based on what something you said earlier, and, and then I'll let Mark yeah. ask. I mean, if he's got anything. But, right. um, yeah. but what it is, you basically talked earlier about doing your your coaching badges and stuff, which which I'm you know glad to hear because I, th I thought you would yeah but um but you also mentioned uh as you know clinton as a manager so do you, you yeah. know you see yourself as that well, i think you'd be I great could, um 
What is the score? And he said, and I said, he said, Palace won one nil because he's already on board coach. Before. I said, see, there you go, mate. I said, see you later. I said, I know, I know Palace's players are good, and it was a good goal. The young boy Zara's done well, and he's yeah. set up. Murray is doing well for the boy, for Palace now, and it's, it's a good finish. So there you go. You know what I mean? It's good. I'm just glad that all the young boys like the Fanny play. And now he's in a bit Sean Scannell where he went off the boil and now he actually looks like he's come back on the boil and playing well. I'm just glad all the young boys there are just doing well and playing well because I could probably... See, I'm not at the club but I know every player that probably plays at Crystal Palace. See, that's how, <laughs> that's how I take note of them still. I don't forget where I come from, definitely not. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. Clinton, oh, go on, go on. Yeah. Clinton, I was going to say to you, did you, um, did you see the uh, game against Manchester United the other night? Oh, did I see that? Of course I see it. As soon as Ambrose picked the ball up, I said goal. Because I knew what he was shooting. Like, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, it was a great game. So I was sitting there and I was buzzing that they beat Man United. It was, it was a great result. And it was a great performance. I thought they looked, looked terrific, to be fair. They played good football. So we've got Cardiff over two legs. So do you, what do you think our yeah. chance of that? No, I think you got a great chance. And I'm going to definitely come the leg, the, the leg where they're playing at Sellers and cheer the boys on. So someday, I hopefully, I'll play a bit more luck. And, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you got a chance. That, that's just one of those basic. I hope they... Because obviously, when you're playing Man United, you always raise your game. Now, if you're playing Cardiff, obviously, it's still a championship team, but sometimes you think, mm, do I have to... But no, I think the boys will be up because this is like one step away from playing at Wembley. Which a lot of people don't get to do in their career, so if they can mm. get to do that, they'll be buzzing and they can, and then, and then they got. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A chance of either playing, what, Liverpool or Man City? That's, yeah, a, that's, right. a, that's, a, dream, that's a dream, that's a dream for most people. So I think they've got a good chance, definitely. Just, yeah, just well, <laughs> people, they're good players fit and all their top players fit and then they'll be fine. It would be nice yeah, for the club it. and uh, for all the fans if we could get there because it's been a pretty torrid couple of years at Palace with administration and, uh, yeah, and uh, changing over uh, you know ownership and everything and uh, f flirting with relegation for the last couple of seasons so I think uh, everyone's praying and hoping that uh, no, be, we can no, do it. Yeah, brilliant. You could see the fans and stuff like that. What, look how many fans were there when they were at Old Trafford. They are some Man United fans. So you could, Palace fans have always been good. So even when they struggled in administration, fans still came back in their jobs and stuff. Obviously, there's been bad times at Palace, but I think now it looks like a new chairman. I don't really know much about the chairman or any, anything like that, but it looks like he, he saved the club and settled it down. He put Buggy put in and Buggy's just come in and worked wonders and now they're starting to bring good players through so now I think everything looks good for Palace and hopefully mm. they can get to the final because it's good for the f for fans and it'd be good for everyone and it put the club back on the map where it deserves to be so it's not Palace is just not like no average. yeah absolutely mate uh, I don't know if you've cut out there are you still there 
reception there, so I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> No worries, mate. All right. uh, um, yeah, we were well. We were pretty much there. We just wanted to didn't didn't want to just leave the um, leave the recording like that. Yeah. Would, have, would have been no, pretty probably. bad. But I mean, yeah, to sort of uh, to sort of sum it up, really, in a number of ways. Obviously, we we would love to see you back at, at Palace, but we've got got a lot of fond memories of your time as well so it's you know yeah. it's not it's, it's not the end of the world if it don't happen in, in one way or another no, but, but, but certainly it's you know it's been fantastic speaking to you um I, you know i've got i've got a lot of time not just for the fact you played for nothing administration and all that sort of stuff but you know you're always talking yeah. good about palace and, and it does means a lot to fans that's all we really ask um, yeah yeah understand that like what people what you have to expect with me i tell you how it is in it if i don't like something or i don't do it that's why a lot of people probably at palace didn't like me and a lot of people did like me but i'm honest and i'll always be honest because just the day i am but if i didn't say if i didn't enjoy my time at palace i, I didn't enjoy it well I enjoyed it and uh, had a good rapport with the fans and stuff like that. So it's good. I've enjoyed it. And, uh, that's why I said to you I'd do the interview because I, I don't like doing interviews anymore. But I, I, so I've just got grown out of that. But no, I definitely I, I don't want to talk to you because I enjoyed my time at Palace and had good time there. So it's not a problem. We, we we appreciate you talking to us so much, and look, no we'll, we'll we'll definitely keep keep an eye on you, mate, and uh, maybe get in yeah, touch no again to just, just speak to you again. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you so much. I'm sure the fans will absolutely yeah. love. It's going out on our Christmas no show next week. So cheers, cheers a lot. Oh, was it? Going out on the radio? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Going out on the radio? It's going out on our little internet internet right. radio thing. I'll, pr uh, next I'll week. probably get a few. Uh, yeah, I'll probably get a few comments. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll send you a link. Um, right, yeah. yeah, so yeah, we might see you down. We might see you down at Palace for the Cardiff game then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably see you then. No problem. Take care. Thanks. Okay. Welcome back. And obviously, thanks again to to Clinton for that interview. I'm sure you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Perhaps not as much as I enjoyed it. The uh, way I was talking there. Oh God, that's hard to listen to. Um, yes. So yeah, I think um, I think there's some very interesting points there, and you'll be able to listen to that again on our podcast whenever the hell we get around to putting that one out. Uh, just a few little prompts for you before we move on. Uh, obviously, if you want to get in touch with us today, you can get do it through Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio, uh, facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Uh, you can go in the chat room and talk to the lads there. It's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, email us radio at homesdale.net and probably haven't got time to take any calls so I'll leave that one for now uh, but coming up shortly we'll be talking to Steve Parrish but before we do that um, we're having a little bit of a presenter rotation now Aaron's gone I mean he's there in the background I can see him but he's not but he's not on anymore but we have Nick hi Nick hello whoa whoa uh, Nick, um, I, I asked the other lads earlier what they're hoping to get for Christmas. How about you? Um, I'd really, really like um, somebody to take my whole family away for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my I can have a bit of peace and play FIFA. FIFA, which I've suddenly become addicted to. I was up mm. till 3am last night playing FIFA. What I don't understand on, about on FIFA what? on the PC, what I don't oh. understand is I've bought some Palace players, but none of them have play under the same formation, which makes me wonder why we're not doing as well as perhaps we should have done this season. Yeah. Joke for FIFA players there. <laughs> yes. Um, also joining us, I hope he's there, Albert. Hello, mate. Merry Christmas. Hey, he's the only one who's remembered to say that so far. Oh, happy Christmas, everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. I raise my glass. 
Um, Albert, what are you hoping to get for Christmas? A holiday with Nick Gusset's family, I think, would be good. <laughs> <laughs> you can, no. can take them where you like, mate. But he's paying. Oh, well, at a teacher's wage, I'm sure you'll go somewhere exotic. <clears throat> I'll be um, selling the cigarettes out the back of my car. <laughs> good stuff. Right, and we've also still got Ben lurking. Hi, Ben. Hello. Have you had any more thoughts about Christmas? Yeah, no, I've been thinking about it. Um, uh, Palace Away shirt, I quite like, because uh, it won't look like I pray for Brazil. Well, that's quite good. Um, had you not thought of coming up with a funny comment like the other two lads? No, well, I realise now, looking back, they actually said things that were quite funny. Yeah. And I yeah. haven't, I haven't well. prepared any material. So. No. Again, give Tom me another half an hour. That wasn't, that wasn't prepared. <laughs> no, you, you think we have... I've spent all day working out that joke. No, I need to, I need to yeah, prepare to, to be funny. You don't, you don't have that spontaneity, do you? Ben? Always moving. No, exactly. Um, before we move on, I also want to um, have a quick listen to Mark's Christmas message again, because I've got some concerns about that, which I'll address afterwards. Hi, everyone. This is Mark on Homestore Radio. I'm just going to wish you a happy Christmas. No drinking, gambling or smoking for you over age teens. And kids, remember, Santa is real. Now, I don't... Yeah, now... All I wanted to say is to, to any young children uh, listening... Don't worry, Mark Ross is a fictional character. He, uh, no one is, <laughs> no one like that actually exists. Um, so, not, so just don't be afraid. They come was and he get reading you. that? No, the, the scary thing is Mark wasn't reading that. Unfortunately, Mark will be unable to download the podcast and hear what we're saying about him as well because it's too technically complicated. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just felt that I needed to uh, to explain that he is a he is a fictional character and there's no need to get upset or uh, frightened by him. Um, well, <laughs> that, that, that wasn't Mark. He didn't go, um, thank you, Alan. That's true. Um, That's true. Story about Father Christmas, actually, if you want a funny story about Father Christmas. Many, many years ago, I worked for Curry's, the um, electrical retailer, mm. and um, we went on a, a, a summer jolly to Alton Towers, and um, we queued up for a ride for hours and hours and hours, and there was a little train ride with all these three- and four-year-olds, and my branch manager, every time a little train went past, went, Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> oh for god's sake so you mean you didn't give me a chance to actually answer whether I wanted that story or not the answer is no I didn't want that story <laughs> but of course we know it is ok look um, what I want to quickly do as well before we move on we've got a a, a regular email contributor Jerry and I want to get to Jerry's message before we go any further it says hi Chris and co warm festive greetings from a chilly Croydon that's uh, also at this point. Thank you, thank Jerry for buying me a beer at the FA Youth Cup game. Thanks, Jerry. It's uh, much appreciated. Um, he says, as well as we have done so far in the first half. Ugh. Oh dear, so far this half of the season, hmm. and we had some memorable wins. Does anyone have I read that badly? Is that me? As well as we have done so far this half of the season, and. <laughs> memorable wins right it isn't me thank god for that I still feel we need to improve the quality of our side for the second half of this potentially history making season though I do believe and feel we need to add more quality to the side if Palace wish to maintain our league position and that's a subject we'll undoubtedly be talking to Steve about shortly um, really looking forward to the Birmingham match be great if we can finish 2011 with a win it certainly would uh, hopefully we can strengthen the squad as centre half midfield and forward lines need refreshing so the entire Entire team needs refreshing, especially if Martin returns to Norwich. Yeah. 
Uh, when we defend higher up the pitch, our forwards, especially Murray, look more potent. Indeed, some of our best performances and results have materialised away from home, notably Hull, Brighton, Ipswich and Old Trafford. Really would like to see more of O'Keefe in the coming weeks, and that's something I certainly agree with. And yeah, that's a strange, strange turnaround that some of the better performances have been away from home. Uh, I don't know what, whether it's pressure, I don't know whether it is as... as um, as Jerry suggests, the way we defended higher up the pitch. But, yeah, interesting point. Uh, the team selection in the two cup games early next month will be interesting. I, for one, wouldn't be too surprised if Price plays at Derby and Speroni plays against Cardiff. Uh, without wanting to second-guess what team Dougie plays, I feel he would choose what he considers to be his strongest side in the first leg at Selhurst. Um, but this is best wishes to all for 2011, Jerry. Um, thanks for that, Jerry. Uh, there's a lot of lot of points of discussion in there and probably something we'll get to in some, in some coming weeks but just a few little bits and pieces really um whether or not price will play uh, in the cup games or whether or not he'll put, put his strongest team in there guys just a quick sort of straw poll really who would you pick <laughs> in goal <laughs> well, i would pick lewis price yeah me too yeah. <laughs> i bought him on fifa Playing in a five one nine four. Ben? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say Price as well. Obviously, we've given him a lot of Carlin Cup games. I think yeah. we might as well use him for the FA Cup as well. Mm. And Albert? Yeah, I'd stick with Price. Yeah, It's important to give a, give a keeper games, especially when he's done as well as he has. But I, I know what Jerry's saying. Perhaps, um, oh, you idiots. I've just noticed what they did to me. When I said... <laughs> Right, they changed the date on Jerry's email. That isn't Jerry making a mistake. This is best wishes to all for 2012. They changed a lot of words as I was reading that email out, and I didn't get didn't, didn't even break for any of them. But I didn't. You did well not to say D cup actually, Chris. I did, heard. yeah. And I did well not to say bitch instead of pitch as well, didn't I? <laughs> mm, potty mouth. Yeah, look, it is the Christmas show, so you get a special language on that. Um, <clears throat> I hate all of you, and you've made a mockery of this whole situation. Chris, can I just mention something as well while we're here? Yeah. Um, in that email, you, you stopped to thank Jerry for buying you a beer at the yeah, U Cup game. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, we had a we had a chat, and you said you'd given up alcohol. What's that? Yeah, about? yeah, yeah. I've given up alcohol. <laughs> well, spotted. Yeah, well spotted. Yeah, I was, yeah, I've given up alcohol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll move on swiftly then. <laughs> Have you given up? Paying for alcohol, it's okay if someone yes, else buys it for that's you. It. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, and special occasions, I will be drinking for as well. Tonight's a very special occasion, um, as was Friday night. Sure <laughs> on the, on the subject of um, goalkeepers, um, I'm, I'm really pleased that we were talking about alcohol. <laughs> well, we were talking about uh, price actually, um, and um, it, Wes, Wes seems to be quite settled at Swindon. I, I don't want to see him go. Palace. I, I quite like him out on loan. I've heard some rumours that he might be. Um, I don't know how true they are, but um, no comment. There's, there's no. Um, word on the grapevine that he might be quite like. Well, it. certainly, if, you, if you're on Twitter, you yeah. can see that the, the Swindon fans definitely want to keep him. Um, and you know, first team football is going to be a hell of a law if, if that's what you know. If that's if a chance, but I mean, we need we need strength in the squad as well. So I mean, you know, we, let's fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, he goes nowhere, but. Um, it, it makes the um, where's Fodringham feature a bit boring, doesn't it? Because it's the same yeah. answer every week. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it'd be exactly the same answer every week. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, let's not. Let's hope that, that we don't. We can visit that feature again at some point. You know. 
who knows really but again you know in transfer ins and outs something we'll talk to steve parish about very very shortly um obviously quite a lot of my time has been wasted here i had lots of things to go through we've had uh the four world reviews of the season so far submitted throughout the day today uh can you pick one each lads and read it out obviously don't read out the same one that someone else has just read out and then yeah i've got one okay go ben uh, from Bradley Hughes, I think quite a good one. Sums up the season so far. Palace three, Brighton one. Mm. It's good to focus on that. Do you? Um, I'm sure you know him, chap. Yeah, Brad. I do. I didn't promise to read his or anything, but I just think that it doesn't sum up the season, does it? Doesn't it doesn't. Sum up really. No, really. no. So Although it, it could be, it could be suggested. Highlights or yeah, it's his focal point for the season, maybe. Uh, Albert, since you're talking, would you like to read one out as well now? Apparently, we've got one from Mark Hudson. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that Mark Hudson. Oh. Uh, well, how many can there be in the world? <laughs> Saying, yeah, go on. <laughs> the Eagles have landed. Nice touch. It's a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. That's quite, quite succinct. I would suggest, Nicholas. I'm, I'm going to. Um, I've got pants on. Uh, I, I will pick Andy Tipping's George Zero Dougie Hero. Absolute son of a bitch. That's the one I'd focused my increasingly difficult to focus eyes on. <laughs> son um, of a bitch. <laughs> did I say son of a bitch? Well, no, I did, didn't I? Never mind. Um, well, I'm going to go with uh, Jez Rogers and change for the best. Quite like that. Because um, that's very much the, um, yeah, a good summary, really. That's what's happened. We, I think that's a reference to uh, to George Burley, anyway. Um, yeah, I've just noticed the producer just suggesting Nick Carl has emailed in. Which, um, if that is the real Nick Carl, that's fantastic he actually says hi guys saw on twitter you're broadcasting thought i'd drop you an email loved my time at palace and chuffed you guys are doing well now nick c well thank you very much nick that um yeah i got it it didn't really work out for for mr carl here but i won that goal he scored against sheffield united sort of i think it was a last minute equalizer after they got a massively unjust pen unjust penalty oh god i can't even speak um <clears throat> I just I watched that's one of those goals I've just watched over and over again on Sky Plus because it was just a sweet sweet moment just a couple of minutes before that feeling absolutely sick to the stomach that they got a nothing penalty and then just seeing the look on their fans faces as that goal went in pretty much the last kick of the game that's my overriding memory of uh, of Nicky Cole anyone he signed it, he signed one of my programs for me he was uh, very chatty with the kids uh, down in the family stand um, I was a bit gutted when he went because he was actually a quality player well, he probably still is, but... Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I, he sort of joined the... Well, we bought him off the back of how brilliantly he played against us for Bristol City, and it was kind of like... Obviously, Neil Warnock went out and got him, but he's not a Warnock type of player. He'd probably fit in fantastically to the team now. It's just... It's like, he's, he's like to me, he's a Palace player... You know, a sort of Palace player that we would love, but he just was at the wrong time. He was at a time where we are kind of the least Palace side that we've been, you know, for God knows how long. Um... But yeah, yeah, great to hear, great to hear from from him. Oh, Aaron says he had great hair, which is, um, <laughs> which is a very exciting. Can I, can I have a full word review, please? Um, yeah, it's just going from the start of the season. He's Tom Edwards. We are staying up because we 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 were a bit worried about the start of the season, weren't we? It was going to be a season of consolidation, and we are we are higher in the table than we actually expected to be at the moment. So I think mm. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, OK. Uh, we'll have a little vote on those later on. Well, very, very shortly, in fact. And uh, the winner will be 
getting a prize that we haven't really decided on yet, but a prize. Uh, just love another couple of emails before we do anything else. Uh, Yorkie's email in saying just wanted to wish you, your list- wish you and your listeners a happy Christmas. Thanks very much, Yorkie. Good to hear from you. I hope you're well. And we have... Oh, I think this is from Matt. Yeah, that wasn't Yorkie, was it? The Yorkie? It was the Yorkie, yeah. yeah Hello, right. Yorkie. Um, and the other email is from... From sender, it's just a full stop. Yeah, that's unpleasant, Nick. What's that on the end of it? Anyway. Um, hi, guys. Been away for weeks, uh, th- but thanks to a legal loophole, I'm now back, albeit with a tag and a court order not to go near any schools. <laughs> I went to the Man United game and loved seeing Easter get- getting pulled off and really liked seeing Murray come on the pitch. It's brilliant. Brilliant stuff. You need to... Yeah, anyway. Happy Christmas and tell Nick Gussett to delete his hard drive is the message there. Good stuff. Okay, right. Mm. Can I just say um, I keep it all in the cloud now? So, yeah. oh, that's that's handy for you. Okay, sacked right. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's enough messing around for the moment. While we're all thinking about which person to award the four-word review title to, hopefully we'll be joined very shortly by Steve Parrish. Um, just adding him to the call now. No, no, no. I'd, we've never got any way of filling, have we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, hello, right. Steve. Hello, Steve. How you doing? Not too bad, yourself? Very good, very good. Marvellous. Well, you're, you're live straight away. We haven't prepared you in any way, shape or form for the fact, but you are live. Good, hello. Um, <laughs> Hi, Steve. Hi, guys. Hello, better, Steve. Better tell you who's here. Uh, we've got Nick, uh, Ben and Albert. Uh, and they'll all be chipping in with bits and pieces as we go, hopefully. Good. Um, Aaron's on in the background, but he's got a very noisy microphone, so we're not letting him speak. <laughs> um, okay, look, we're going to start off... I mean, obviously, the, the main sort of uh, thing to sort of start with is, is how have you found the season so far? I mean, in terms of expectations, in terms of, of where we go from here. Um, good, really. I think we're all happy, aren't we, where we are? I think it's... Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously we had that great start and uh, we were sort of in the playoff places for a little while, which is quite nice to be there. Um, a little bit of a dip, but I think then the the cup run has, has given us all a bit of something to cheer about. So generally mid-table, five points off the playoffs in the semi-final of a League Cup. I think you'd have settled for that probably, wouldn't you, before the start of the season? Yeah, I definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it's beyond beyond my expectations for a start. But um, like I mean, Dougie Dougie talks regularly about changing that as as an expectation that we're all, you know, it's sort of like a trait of Palace fans to you know sort of almost think the worst. But um, but he's doing a good job of doing that at the moment, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you've got to be realistic, though, haven't you, in order to to, to try and improve. I don't think you can be be foolhardy in your aspirations. You know, you just kind of head for a, a, a fall. I think we're trying to modestly go about our business and if a few teams underestimated us at the start of the season then I think that probably gave us a bit of a you know a bit of a jump on them so that's mm. the case now I think you know <clears throat> the compliment I suppose to where we've got to is you know some teams are coming to Sellers Park quite happy with the draw um, you know we're finding it harder obviously we've got some good young players and um, and they're being kind of marked out for, for you know double teams and things like that so yeah. Um, yeah, I think that uh, you know, I think where we are at the moment, the expectations that we've got are probably quite sensible. But hopefully, they they will improve along with the results. You know, we can all start expecting to win a little bit more. Like we, you know, we have done in periods throughout throughout history. You know, it hasn't always been doom and gloom. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I think we've, we've got to be realistic. You know, we're slowly trying to build a side that that, have, that can compete at, at this level, and have got the confidence to go out and get and win games every week. Now, I mean, obviously that really just sort of covers specifically on the pitch how, how you know the expectations and and the performances. But off the pitch, has it been? It's been any harder or, or easier than you'd anticipated. Obviously, the cup runs got to have helped financially, I suppose. But yeah, it does a bit. I mean, it's, it, it is harder. I think you, you know. I'm sure you'll ask me about things like the ground, and mm. it's, it's harder to you know kind of get any money for the other things that you want to do. You know, mm. um, there's always you can always spend more money on the playing side. You can always spend more money on the squad. You know, you can always. Loan another player, you know, because you've got a busy period. You can always buy somebody else. You can always, you know, there's just always things that that, that, that you know need doing in 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 that in the playing area down at the training ground, all those kind of things. So I, I suppose it has been a bit more frustrating for me in terms of I like to think we've improved, you know, around the ground and 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 those kind of areas, and 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 we've improved the whole kind of experience with people, but. It, it is more frustrating, you know, than I thought it would be because it's just difficult to allocate funds in that direction, really. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Uh, has it has it caused you, well, you know, kind of thinking back to our previous owner, if he very much fell out of love with the the game, and he, he spoke quite a lot about, you know, how insidious football was in in quite scathing terms. So it made you kind of perhaps understand that a bit. No, I think you do know it. Um, you know, before you come in, it, it is difficult, dif- different when you experience it. You know, I think it's um, most of the people that own football clubs obviously have been very successful somewhere in their life. You know, and, and, and in business, so you you know you're dealing with a lot of very smart people who somehow find it impossible to talk to each other, and because they find it impossible to talk to each other for whatever reason. You get the rise of, 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 of middlemen in everything, absolutely everything you do. You seem to be, you know, having to pay somebody in the middle of a deal, um, sometimes two, three people. And it's, it's, it is frustrating the amount of people that, you know, when all of the owners are, are, are pumping so much money into football, it's so frustrating to see so many people making money out of football that don't add any value to the, to the thing at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is frustrating, but you know, on the other side of that, you've got the fans and 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 you know all of our staff and all of the people that are involved with the club that, that are fantastic. You know, we've had such amazing support from the fans, um, and and I think everybody knows where we are, and everybody's you know not not just ridiculously grateful, you know, because we still want people to push us and mm. you know give us their input and, and tell us the things that they're not happy about and tell us the things they could do better. But overall, people are really supportive, and that that sort of counteracts that and you hope at some point people will kind of see sense and, 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 and the game will change and the financial fair play thing that's coming in uh, starts coming next year yes, yeah. that, that that I think hopefully will just will just will just help a little bit. But then of course you know we don't want to get into it again but on the other side there's the, the, the some of the youth football things, the EPPP mm. which are frustrating as well. So it, it, it is difficult. We, you know we're a we're a small club, smaller club than the Premier League clubs, trying to be a bigger club, and you know it, it, you do feel the odds are stacked against you sometimes, both financially and and in terms of the rule makers. But that doesn't mean we're going to stop doing it, and it doesn't mean that we, you know, we're going to let that get us down. It just yeah. it, it is a bit more difficult than than you expect. Yeah, I mean, obviously, for the whole point, you know, of football is that it's a competitive sport, and you, if you feel that you're 
ability to compete is being compromised through you know people who aren't really their interests aren't in the game the interests they're in specific personal interests it i can see how that could be incredibly frustrating and it's i suppose it's why a lot of fans talk about you know we're not actually that fussed if we don't get in the premier league for an owner such as yourself money wise it's obviously it's a kind of a must to to get any chance of running the club on an even keel I wasn't bothered originally, you know, I, I thought, well, look, if it's a, you know, we're doing well in the championship, we enjoy that league and the, and the fans in the community come out and they enjoy it, you know. The fact of the matter is that, you know, what I've learned over the last year and a half is unfortunately the show, as I like to call it, you know, we, the Premier League, is where all the interest is. You know, it's, it gets all the exposure, it gets all the um, the TV time, you know. So, it, 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 you need to be there. You need to be there because that's how you garner new support for the club. You need to be there because that's, you know, that new support turns into income. That income turns into you being more competitive. Um, I mean, I think there are some exciting things about Palace. If, if we got in there, you know, the catchment era we've got. I mean, Bromley and, and Croydon alone have got more population in than Greater Manchester. Hmm. You know, so the, the catchment area we've got is huge. If we could just get in the Premier League and stay in there, that's the problem we've had over yeah. years. You know, we get in there and we bounce out of it. But, you know, I was looking at the attendance figures. You know, our, our attendance figures the last time we were in the Premier League weren't far off um, capacity, you know, in, yeah. terms of, in terms of averages. If we got a 40,000-seater stadium and, and the kind of hospitality to match, you know, we would very, very quickly go past the kind of mid-table point in ter- of the Premier League in terms of income. Yeah. Exactly. Now, even initially, at first, if that's because, you know, we got, you know, massive away support for five or six <laughs> of, of the big games and, and yeah. all the corporate that's around that and all that kind of thing, even if it was just that at the beginning that kind of pushed us that bit further, you know, and with the kind of affluence in London and the money that you could charge for corporate, as I said, we, I think we could quickly get past mid-table in terms of income. Um, so it's it, it, you know you you do start to think when you're when you're losing money and writing checks in the championship, and you know if you got to the Premier League that, that that you know after a while you could probably stop doing that and and the thing could become self-sustaining and we would have money to invest in the infrastructure and 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 you know uh, consultants for planning and all the kind of things that that you know right now we have to do ourselves which which means it takes longer than it needs to take. Um, and and so it, you know you, you have to say that you do want to get there, it, you know, because it does help. It would help incredibly if we did. Mm, absolutely, uh, I get the impression that Nick wants to ask a question. He's, there, there, he's, there's a couple of questions. It's, it's nice to finally speak to you at last, Steve. Um, happy Christmas. Um, yeah, this is like a, a dream job for you, I'd imagine. In, in hindsight, what would you have done differently, Steve, if you could sort of have the time over again? You talk about all these middlemen that, that suddenly are demanding cash and, and you're sounding a bit like, um, God bless him, our, our yellow man before you. Um, well, Simon, so what, Simon, would you... Simon was right about an awful lot of things, you know. That didn't mean that people wanted to hear it all the time, though. You know, you, you know yeah. since, since you asked the question in this forum, um, I thought I'd you know, give, give you my kind of views. I don't think there's mm. anything. There's a few little things. I mean, obviously, in hindsight... You know, you would make different decisions on players um, sometimes, you know, players that we didn't buy. Um, I was I was chatting to Dougie last night about Jordan Rhodes. You know, we made a little inquiry in the summer about Jordan Rhodes. It's a player that Dougie's always liked, always rated. Um, and, and obviously, you know, he, he's flying and that looks like 
maybe one that got away, although Huddersfield really had no interest in selling, to be fair to them. Mm. They, were, they were very clear that you know, it would have to be an offer that, that, that was you know, crazy for them to even think about it. Um, so, um, no, I don't, you know, it's, hindsight's easy. As, as, as you know, Dougie says, everybody knows what team we should have picked on a you know, Saturday afternoon at five o'clock. <laughs> You know, it's it's knowing what team to pick the the the, the night before is is the trick. So um, pr- broadly, I think we we we've, we've done most of the things we wanted to do. There's one or two things in there that that, that, that we've done that I think you know have been mistakes, but we just need to learn by them. I don't think we're going to beat ourselves up over them. Yeah, I can I can imagine what it's like. I mean, I, I, as a, as us as fans know how each referee's decision kind of affects us and our Saturday night. I imagine it affects you a lot more now being so involved in the club. I mean, just that, that is funny. That exacerbated. Well, it's a funny thing, isn't it? You know, in, 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 you know to, to have your business, if you think of it as a business, to have it tested, you know, every every Saturday, let's say, just for argument, so Saturday, Tuesday, whenever, but to have your business tested in that way to the extent where you, li- you come out with a kind of you won or you've lost... What, what what it does, it's very difficult to, to get on with the other things that you need to get on with. You know, on a Monday after you've lost, you kind of, you, you, it's, it's easy to suffer from that thing that fans, you know, if you're trying to sort out the catering or, or you're trying to fix something to do with the shirts or, you know, you feel a bit like you're fiddling while Rome burns, you know, it's kind of, you know, you get a bit of what's the point, you know, and surely I should be concentrating on, on you know, why we didn't win Saturday's game. But of course, you know, you've got to be grown up about it, and and if you come into football, you've got to realise, you know, you win games, you lose games. Equally, when you win them, you can't get carried away and start, you know, doing stupid things on the playing side, and and and, and you know, buying players that you wouldn't have bought because you think maybe there's a there's a chance of this or that or the other thing. So, it, it, the difference when you when when you're involved in a club is that, I mean, funny enough, when I watch a game now, I probably I'm much more dispassionate than I was. When, when I was watching from the terraces and I was a fan often mainly it's a lot of it's because that's you know, surprising Steve really surprising actually I'd, I'd have thought you'd been more more kind of het up than um, than perhaps the likes of uh, myself and the others that uh, stand around me do you know what though when, when you, you know if I if I were got, as a fan you know I'm like everybody else I mean I'm not saying there aren't I mean 15 minutes to go at Old Trafford I thought every minute felt like four hours you know it's like the clock wasn't moving so you know it's not like you don't feel the pressure but if, if that multiplied um, when you'd explode you know I mean you, you've got to have a way of it because imagine how you feel as a fan in those kind of situations if you start thinking oh if we don't win this and we don't get the cut money and we don't do this and that doesn't happen if you you know you've got to separate those two things really um, so yeah it, it, I try and be dispassionate about it also often I know things that you know you don't know as a fan that that, that a part of being a fan that, that kind of get you frustrated or you know because you've got an opinion about so and so should have been playing or this should have been happening or when you know the thought process behind things and you're kind of part of that um, you're looking at it in slightly you know in a slightly different way and obviously I'm you're trying to be in a situation where you can be constructive with the manager you know it's very important that. I'm not a fan with the manager, you know. It's very important that I'm constructive, and 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 we work together on on the right things. You know, he doesn't. He's no. I'm no use to him if I'm ranting and raving about this and that. And you know, why didn't you? You know, that's that's not constructive. You know, I know everybody at the training ground is doing their absolute utmost for the success of this football club. I can't imagine we've ever had a more focused 
more committed group of people than we've got at that training ground at the moment with, with Dougie and the staff that he's got. You know, all of the people there um, are, are really, apart from Lenny, you know, I've got a huge history with the club. Um, you know, Tony moved back from Australia where we had a fantastic job um, with, with, with the Sydney side out there. Curtis Fleming was in Middlesbrough or, or somewhere, you know, managing, I think, the youth team. Um, and they've all got an affinity to Palace. They're all up unbelievably professional um, you know obviously I chat to the players from time to time and, and they all tell me just how professional all the lone players tell me how professional the setup is um, and they're so committed down there you know and every decision they make they make because they think it's the decision that will win us the game um, and you know I try and obviously contribute to that you know I watch, I watch all games differently now you know because of the insights that I've got and because I'm, I'm I'm watching for different reasons, so you know I'm trying. We're trying to be part of making the club successful. So certainly for me, being a being a being too much of a fan just just wouldn't really be helpful or, or constructive in, in, in trying to achieve that. So some of it you just have to kind of just have to bury that side of you and just be a little bit more analytical about it and a, and a bit more grown up, you know, if you like, about watching the game. That's not to say that you know as a football, I'd love to go back to being a fan sometimes because you you know you have got that kind of added added pressure but you, I think you do have to be a bit more dispassionate about it or you just be making crazy decisions all the time <laughs> yeah. it's, it's interesting that you, you're talking about the, the youth setup and everything um, I'm, I'm a teacher myself and um, I've worked in several schools and, and we have coaches in all, all around sort of South East London and, and it's a Charlton area don't get me wrong but they've got nothing but admiration for the Palace setup um, the, the guy that coaches at the school I'm in in Plumstead at the moment was on uh, Wimbledon's books uh, when he was a youth, and they they couldn't believe the, the youth set up at Palace. They they said it was to die for. So you know, as long as we keep that going, I think we're we're going to be producing the players that you know. There's there's lots of interest in Zaha, for instance, and you know it's it's almost that treadmill of of bringing on players, making money, and and bringing on the next load of players, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I keep saying this though. You know, I don't want to. You know. I don't want the academy to be a production line to make money. You know, that's not what, what, what I want it to be. You know, we want the academy to be a production line that gets us promoted and keeps us there, number one. I'm not saying that, you know, we can always hang on to players and I'm not making promises that I can't keep. You know, obviously we're in a position at the moment where the right offer for a player, and it, they would have to be big offers, you know, they would have to be real, you know, Crazy offers in, in in some ways for make you know to make us kind of move on on any of the squads that we've got at the moment. But let, let 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 you know you've got to look at what overall is best for the team. And if those offers come in and, and, and the manager and me and everybody thinks that that's the right thing for the club at the time, then we would do it. But that isn't what we have an academy for. We have an academy so that you know we bring players into the team that are better than we could go out and buy. You know, that's the idea of it. And um, what we're managing to achieve at the moment is what not a lot of other clubs do. And you're right, it's a testament not only to the, the setup in the academy, um, but also to the fact that the first team manager takes an interest in the academy and is keen to get those players into the first team because he has got, does care about the club, you know, and he's, he's looking as much medium to long term as, as, as probably any manager in the league um, does. So... Yeah, it's great to have an academy, but we're not, you know, you know, it's not a kind of build and sell policy. It's a build and keep as long as we can policy, um, and then you know, a sprinkling of kind of seasoned pros around those players, and 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 see how far that can take us.
as, as you said, you know, we have got some assets that seem to be attracting a lot of attention and you can never say never, but, you know, we don't, we don't want to break up this squad. We want to add to it. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, ben, if you want to chip in now. Mm, yeah, we've obviously spoken about the season so far, Steve, and uh, looking back, for Palace fans, there's two memorable games this season, being Brighton and Man United. Of the two, which have you found more enjoyable? Um, the Man United game, I think, just because... Um, you know, I mean, you, you, you weren't. I don't, don't want to do Brighton were playing very, very well when we played them. In the first twenty minutes, it looked like we were going to lose about four 0 didn't it? Um, yeah. But we, we we stuck in there, and it was a fantastic night. But to go to Old Trafford and beat Man United, I mean, that's uh, you know, beating Brighton is not that rare for us. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, look, they've beaten us before. You know, that's a, it's it, 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 it's a big game for us, and I loved it. And, and I have to say, the people at Brighton were really hospitable. Shows around the new stadium, and you know, there's many things going on there outside of our rivalry that that, that is to be applauded. You know, and um, I think it's great that we've got a rival. You know, I was sitting in the stands, and I think there were you know twenty thousand people singing "Stand Up You Hate Palace," and I said to the bloke next to me, "I'm just pleased somebody cares that much about us." You know, I mean. <laughs> It, you know, it's apathy is probably our biggest enemy. You know, so to have a rival like that that are that passionate about beating us and us passionate about them is fantastic. But going to Old Trafford, you know, the greatest team in the land, aren't they? You know, they've got yeah. the best track record um, to to you know experience that day and you know just look around the ground, look at how far they've come as a as a as a club and an organisation, and then and then not just to beat them, but to beat them. You know, with a goal of the quality of Barons, and then also, you know, the, the way that we actually stuck at it, which I thought was was incredible. You know, after the penalty, I think it would have been very easy for our lads to sort of say, "Oh well, we've done it." You know, we've done all right. Well, you know, we've given a good account of ourselves. You know, it's probably time we we, we roll over. And I, I just thought after the penalty, the character that the boys showed um, was, was 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 incredible. And you know, then to get the the second goal. I think that's a it's a lifetime experience. I mean, you know, not many people ever beat United at, at Old Trafford ever. You know, we've been fortunate that that you know in days gone by we have beaten them. So to go there and do it again was 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 incredible. I'd say I'll always remember. Yeah, it was an absolutely amazing night. Sorry to bait him, Ben, but I was going to ask you, Steve. Neil Ashton wrote a fantastic piece uh, about the sort of the events after the game um, and going and you, you guys going to see Alec Ferguson just wondered sort of if you got any sort of comments on what he was like he was brilliant you know he was fantastic he, 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 Dougie and Lenny were in there and I was trying to get the players off to the plane and, and they said come in and <clears throat> Lenny moved over and we sat in this tiny little manager's room and uh, had a glass of red wine and he was very 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 nice complimentary Chatted, gave us some, me some advice about what makes a good chairman, and uh, you know, just chatted football and, and all the things that were going on in, in, in football. And he was he was amazing. He was fantastic. Really, very very nice of him to take that time to mm. to talk to us. Yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely got. Well, he, he went up in my estimation, if, if that's possible, for someone who's achieved what he has. Um, when he came along for the Jeff Thomas testimonial game, where he did that that match for charity, and uh, yeah, basically in the middle of a busy it's, Premier League season. So they're winners. They're winners. Man United are winners. You know, behind us, sat behind us were Giggs, Rooney, um, uh, Ferdinand. And a minute ago, they walked out with faces like thunder. Now, you would think that, you know, losing the Palace in the League Cup wasn't the be-all and end-all, really, given everything they've achieved. But they looked like they were fit to kill someone. 
Um, and and that's because they're winners, you know, which means yeah. they're not always going to be, they're not there, you know, they don't to be popular. But, you know, he's, he's a decent man to Alex Ferguson. He's got good old-fashioned values. And um, a lot, all the staff, you can see all the staff have been there years. They all know him. Um, you know, he's loyal to them. They're loyal to him. He's got a fantastic setup, which is, is geared around him and is geared around success for the club and you know, continuity and longevity and all those kind of things. And you know, look, look at them still. You know, I mean, people, you know, all right, they had a bad result against City, but you know, mm. two points off, off the lead. And um, so the whole thing was a fantastic experience. That's brilliant. Um, Albert was going to ask you a question that you predicted earlier, I think, uh, Albert. I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the United results, Steve, because uh, my missus is a United season ticket holder and she's still making my life a misery for that <laughs> result. But, um, <laughs> no, the, the, um, you know, the big question that everyone's sort of talking about, you know, it was huge news when it first came out. Um, you know, the situation with the new ground, is there any any update on that? Or, you know, obviously it's a long, long process, but I was wondering, you know, where we, where we stand on that. Yeah, well, we're, we're still looking at both options. Um I think uh, the, the Crystal Palace Sports Centre is, is the preferred option. You know, it is obviously much more difficult probably than we thought at first. You know, there's a stadium there. Why wouldn't you just have another stadium? But there are there there are serious issues and costs in terms of getting to where we we, we want to be. But we haven't given up. We are looking at schemes for Selhurst Park as well. Um, Unfortunately, the problem sometimes is just time. You know, we don't have the biggest staff at the club, um, and there's a lot to do. And um, so sometimes it's just time. And, and unfortunately, you know, we, we, we the other thing slips, and, and meetings have to get put back because of, of various other things. But but we can reassure everybody. You know, we we still absolutely believe it's it's pivotal to the future success of the club that we get a you know a bigger capacity, better stadium whether that's on the current site or whether that's at the Crystal Palace, you know, we'll have to see how things pan out. There are some other things happening up there that it, it's prudent to kind of wait to see how they fall into place. Um, but, you know, there's, no, there's been no real major moves. Forward. We've, had, we've had a few more meetings, but there's, no, there's nothing massive to report, unfortunately. Does the ongoing saga with the Olympic Stadium, you know, still have a knock-on effect to what we do? Or is that now sort of a side issue? It did. I mean, that it did, and that until only re- only until recently it was sort of fixed. I mean, as long as there's a running track at Stratford, which there now will be, you know, that's the shrine, isn't it? You know, Tottenham have shouldered arms and said they'll never move there. West Ham were only ever going to move there in support of a running track anyway. The Student Games is going to be on there. I think it's the Student Games or the World Athletics Championship in 2017. So it, that, Stratford will have a running track, and that means that there's there's very little requirement for Crystal Palace um, National Athletic Stadium. So um, that helps, obviously, because there's a stadium there with very little use for it. Um, but there are other issues around the sports centre, around you know lots of other things up there that need to be considered. Um, and there's there's some other developments, you know, with the park and who's going to look after the park. There's talk of it, you know, going into a trust and all these kind of things. So. Um, we are we are in the mix and we are talking to all the right people, but it is something that unfortunately you know it takes longer than than you'd like. Mm. Sorry, you stopped talking completely there, Albert. Um, 
apologies for that. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, quickly about the the. Um, I know you, <laughs> we we had quite a long debate about it before the EPPP, but I noticed the debate you were having with I think it's Dan Johnson, mm-hmm. um, Premier League communications officer on Twitter. Um, he obviously his opening gambit was that you were peddling lies, which I thought was a bit strong and completely incorrect. And it was nice to see you uh, you make that pretty clear. He said misinformation, didn't? Which All I right, suppose, okay. I suppose is yeah. I mean, I took it pretty badly. To be hmm. But apparently, I mean, all these guys on there, Premier League this and Premier League that, they then put on their accounts that their views are their own and not. Well, if your views are your own, why are you not just Dan? <laughs> yeah. Premier League Dan. You know, I mean, it's it's. I didn't feel that was the right place to have that particular the, the, the debate in that way. But since mm. they brought it up, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, I, I I asked him point blank, what misinformation is it? Because I've read that report cover to cover twice. I've read the rules twice. I doubt he has. No. So I just wanted, I just wanted to know what misinformation it was. You know, the, the, the people that are peddling misinformation are the people in favour of it. You know, misinformation like. There was only, um, you know, the compensation that was paid to clubs was something like 17 million, and under the new scheme, it would have been 25. Well, that's absolute. It's just such a huge bit of misinformation. The reason there was hardly any compensation paid is because we could stop players moving. So people didn't have paid compensation because what typically happens is they ring up, they ask about a player, we say we have to pay proper money for the player, fair market value, and then they go away and we never hear from them again. If they knew that they could come and take that player for a fixed fee they would come and do it. So, you know, the, the whole thing is post-rationalised. They've decided on a point that they want to get to and then they've post-rationalised it. This other argument they've got, oh, we're only bringing it into line with Europe. Well, Europe has third-party ownership of players. Europe mm-hmm. has um, regional development centres in Germany. Europe has German clubs that are 50% owned by the fans. Europe has a lot of things that we don't have. Europe also has leagues that typically only have one league that's popular and are dominated by one or two teams because of all these rules. I mean, if you look at Serie A, Serie A gets a lower attendance in the championship. You go down the list of Serie A games and you see the kind of lack of interest of people actually physically going to watch the games that there is really in Italy outside of the big teams. And that, that's what these people seem to want. They actually want that. They actually don't care. You understand, I don't believe they care one minute about the Palaces or the Barnsleys or the Watfords or any of that. What they care about is the top four or five teams, whether they win in Europe. And, and it's all going down the road of a European league, and the FA are just sitting on their hands while it's all happening, in my view. And they're winning because people are apathetic to it and don't really understand it. And then when anybody stands up and says, well, actually, that's wrong, they try and make out that, you know, oh, well, you don't really know what you're talking about, and it's misinformation. Mm. It's not misinformation. You used to have to pay us proper money for kids at 16 that we developed from 8 to 16. Fair market value for our product. You now have to pay us 130 grand. That is yeah. misinformation. That's a fact. Um, so, you know, it, the, 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 as far as I'm concerned, they haven't got a leg to stand on. Mm. And, and yes, okay, we'll see. It remains to be seen whether this method of coaching where, you know, you upload all these performance charts for players and all this stuff, whether it actually produces better players. Personally, I don't believe, I think Contact Hours probably does, if the player has the right environment outside of those Contact Hours, and I'm not sure that that's being in a battery school hundreds of miles away from your family. But, you know, Contact Hours with the kids probably does. But I don't understand why, 
if all of these things are going to make for better academies, why the big clubs weren't prepared to do it themselves? Why did we have to make all these concessions for Arsenal and Chelsea and Liverpool to start training their kids properly so that they can bring them through to the first team? If it works, surely they should invest in it anyway. Why yeah. do they need us to subsidise it? Mate. And it's fast, and we're giving you more money for youth development. Well, of course you are, because you're giving us more money for youth development so we can develop your stars of tomorrow. Yeah. That's what we're now here for. We're literally, our academies are feeder academies for all of the top clubs' academies. Yep. The only well, like that we've got, guys, is none of them as clever as they think they are, and none of them are as good at spotting players as they think they are. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. can I interrupt there, Chris? Uh, uh, yeah. You, you raised an important point about... Uh, 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 your posters everywhere, born in South London, and I love the fact that you're, you're, you're really sort of appealing to the community. And like I said earlier, I teach in Plumstead, it's, it's a Charlton area, and the kids I teach, they support Barcelona or Real Madrid, and it, it makes me want to cry because they should they should be supporting Charlton, they should be supporting their local team, and, and we're really losing that. And part of me wants to, wants to say, OK, Chelsea, OK, Man United, go off, form your own European league, and just... Do you know what I mean? And just let us get on with our own English league. But you know, unfortunately, it's a kind of it's it's what's been perpetrated on us, isn't it? And we've all we've all just accepted it, and that's that seems to be people seem to be comfortable with it. You know, I'm not comfortable with it. You know, I th- I always thought that the team that you supported should have something to do with the with the area that it was in. You know, it should be representative in some way of that area. It should be. Now it seems as long as you've got a couple of English players on the side, you know, that seems to appease most most fans. You know, and winning is everything, you know, no matter how you come by it. You know, I don't... It, does it mean as much to most fans? I guess it does that, you know, a, a person's, you know, stuck 850 million in your club so that it can win. Do they think that's really competition? Do they think that... <laughs> what, what about that makes you better, you know? I mean, I don't... I don't really, I don't really get it. You know, if you go, if you go, pay say hundred fifty million, we could probably win the Premier League. But, but that <laughs> comes on to what you've done with the season tickets, Steve. It's, it's the kids free, and it's getting the kids there, and you can't beat a live match because half the kids are supporting teams because they watch it on Sky. You, you take a kid to a live match, and they're like, bloody hell, isn't this much better than sitting in your lounge watching it on telly? And you know, I can only take my. It's going to cost me more next season because one of my kids is. 11 next year but you know it's you, you're bringing in the kids and you're actually giving them the live experience and you know hats we're off trying. to you there. we're trying you know and and unfortunately well unfortunately we still do get good attendances you know we shouldn't get too despondent you know the championship and league one and league two we do have a tradition of going out and watching football i do i do worry that you know the fans are getting a bit older and maybe we're not attracting the kids and, and and for me you know when you consider what you get out of a lifetime of a fan, um, why, why would you charge your future fans to come? You know, it just seems crazy to, to me and, and the other guys. So, you know, we brought that in and, and, and hopefully that, it seems to have gone down really well and, and mm-hmm. hopefully that encourages people to bring their, their youngsters along and they, they have a good experience and they, and they get addicted to, you know, all the things that, about the game and the atmosphere and, and the camaraderie that we all enjoy, you know, and all the fellow fans that we've gone with, that bond, that you've got with people, you know, your fellow kind of Palace fans, the humour, you know, the, 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 the just excitement of a, of, a, of a Saturday out watching football, you know, so hopefully we can we can tap into that. But unfortunately, the Premier League is a massive, massive draw, you know, and if you, if you get into that league, um, you know, I mean, I think the last time we went up, we closed season tickets at 15,000 season tickets, and that's just one season in there. You know, if we, 
you look at Chelsea, I mean, I remember probably like you do guys with Chelsea, you know, they were a bigger club than us, but they weren't massive, you know, they weren't selling out every week, you know, I can remember tiny crowds at Stamford Bridge, um, and, you know, but they got that, that exposure, and then the global exposure, and that's, that's starting to stand in good stead, and they're, and, they're, and they're building fans and all that kind of thing, so, you know, we'll do what we can, absolutely everything we can, while, while we're where we are, but, you know, somehow we need to find a way really of, of you know you've got to play by their rules and somehow we need to find a way of getting in there mm, absolutely uh, i'm gonna stop you there nick that's, that's a subject that we honestly there's, there's so much to it and uh, I, I don't know i mean like you, you you're indicating steve there's a there's a degree of elitism with that but obviously we can now move on and, and like you said that we've, we've got to be ambitious and get in that premier league you're absolutely spot on with that uh, and and no amount of of kind of anger over that that situation changes that fact, unfortunately. Um, ben, you wanted to wanted to ask a very quick question. Did I? You did, yeah. <laughs> it was oh. about the contracts. No. Oh. Oh, ben, shape up. It's up. Yeah. <laughs> it's about it's about Zaha and the, the contracts. Right. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Basically, uh, it has he has signed it. Yeah. Is that? I think so. That Friday. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to the agent today. And he told me he signed it Friday, but I don't think we're going to announce it until um, Monday's game, except I just had. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exclusive on Homestar Radio. It is. Well done, Ben, with your sharp question there. You're studying <laughs> sports journalism, aren't you, at university? Yeah, mm. I am. You threw that on me quite... Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's got an exclusive, though, Ben, so you redeemed yeah. it. There you go. <laughs> Make it a sports um, journalist. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, very, very quickly as well. It's, it's Again, it's probably an endless subject, but we can get like a, just a quick summary. Albert, you're going to ask something. Now, you're prepared. I know you are. Of course. Uh, I haven't got a sports journalism degree, but... Um, yeah, yeah, Steve, uh, the other big change you know, on the horizon for Palace is obviously the badge scenario. When can we expect to make our choices and, you know, and, and vote? Um, I th- we were trying to go live before Christmas, uh, because, but we just can't get the... Um, we're trying to retouch them all in situ, you know, in all the various different situations they could be, and uh, we, I, we had to change some bits of them that's being done this week so we'll maybe get it up over the christmas period when people have got a bit of time you know to to vote because we want to get as many people to vote as possible um and uh and we need obviously we need it in time for the new kits um although that does go on last so um yeah it should be the popular badge choice will be with you soon and I shall get my hard hat on and wait for all the flat. <laughs> if, if you want to try and influence the audience's choice, now's your time to do it. Have you got a favourite? Um, I do have a favourite, but I don't think... I, 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 to be honest, um, there's ones that I don't particularly like. Um, but, um, you know, I just have to... Well, that, it's funny, you know, some of them look don't look... Like the really simple one that uh, one of the first things I'd say, by the way, because this is the mm-hmm. misnomer, they've all been designed by Palace fans, right? Yeah. So there's this kind of BBS thing because there's one that's that's come from Doof and um, another guy, a Koja, I think his name is. I can't pronounce his name, so it's very rude of me. But um, <laughs> it, 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 they they designed the Roundel one, and there's this kind of you know, oh, that's the fans one. Well, they're all fans ones, honestly. There's a guy called Andy West who's got a design company. These are massive Palace fans that happen to be professionals in the industry as well um, that have contacted me over over time. But they've all been designed by, by Palace fans. The guy that came up with the South London and Proud and the Born in South London campaign, 
um, designed one of the other ones. Um, so they're all palace through and through. We've, we've, we've really tried. We've looked honestly at every single design anybody's posted and really tried to get to one of every type of design. Personally, I, quite, I like the shield um, because I think it's kind of Italian and it kind of speaks to sort of where we're going and you can use the eagle part of it um, as, as it, just as a different thing for t-shirts and, and it looks quite modern if you go down the road of having a clothing line that you know is our own sort of clothing line which is something that we wanted to think about doing and that's that's what's behind it really you know we want something that, that works as a football badge and also works as something that say you know a girl might wear or somebody who's, who's less likely to want a football crest on them so something that kind of drives that and something that we can galvanise behind that's, that's new and fresh. But I also like the one that's just an update of the current one, you know, the one that's um, that's the eagle on the, you know, on the, 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 the slightly smaller uh, yeah. Crystal Palace. You know, that was designed by the guy that did South London and Proud stuff, um, mm. a very scenic creator. used to work at an agency called Beatty Bunny McGuinness, a massive agency. Um, and he's a, he's a huge, huge Palace fan, um, and he's done that one. But what we've also done is we've tried to take some of the fans... So the shield one has got a little bit more of a kind of nod to the Crystal Palace in the reflections. Yep, it's meant to be the the shield's meant to be reflecting the Crystal Palace, and you can see that in the in the um, in the design now. More we've tried to bring that out. So everybody's had a bit, you know, we sent them back to everybody and said, look, these are the comments. Is there any more you want to do? Um, and 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 they've you know they've they've sent them back. So they're they're slightly tweaked. Some of them. And I think there's one been added, which is the the BBS guys that one's been added as well uh okay. so you know we'll see how it goes and hopefully mm. yeah that, i mean that shield one i can remember looking at that and my initial thought was uh, you know it didn't didn't look like a palace badge and then we did like a, a special program on it and throughout i think we only did, we we're on for about 45 minutes and after the 45 minutes of that program for me looking at it and in comparison to all the others i actually started to really like it so it's a strange one i think you know obviously people i've always, like, liked, I've always yeah. liked you know like i think inter have got one like that i like for me a football badge should be framed that's what i don't you know i don't warm to this one yeah i agree with that right a football badge should be framed it should have it should have a <laughs> A frame around it, you know, that's a shield or it's a it's a football crest. You know, it's it's something that should have a. You know, most crests appeared on shields, and I love that look. You know, of the of, I don't, can't remember. There's loads of clubs, haven't they, that've got those shields. The other thing is, you can have them in the middle of the shirt. You can have them on the side of the shirt. You know, they just they, they just work. They work really well. You know, outside the ground, they work really well on 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 the the, the you know reception desk. They work well on the walls of the exec lounge. You know, they just they're just framed and they and they hold the whole thing together more, and 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 it just feels more cohesive as a as a as a as a kind of device. Um, so that that's what, what I like. We actually tried over the last few weeks. We've tried to do an updated version of the one that we've got. Um, so we've tried to kind of say right. It, it, since you know there are some people that just you know want to stick with the thing that we've got although I don't think most people really understand the history of the badge to be honest the fact we've only had 17 years but nevertheless yep. Yep. I understand some people got it tattooed on them and all that stuff mm. so one of the objections I had to it is it's because it was done before computers it's a line drawing you know it's a hand drawn badge so it's very rickety you know it's just not what you would what you would see now with modern computers and the way that people actually create um badges or crests or logos or whatever you want to call them you know they're not it doesn't look modern because it's just done 
you know, with an ink pen and some, you know, that was probably how it was done originally. So we tried to just freshen it up, but, but it doesn't work. I think the best example of a freshened up version of that is, is the, is the, 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 um, you know, the one with the eagle with the two colours on the, on the, on the feathers and the, and the crystal palace on it. The one that's closest to the one we currently have, kind of mm. a refined version of it. So, you know, I think we, we you know, we, we did look at including the original one, but a slightly updated version of it, but we just can't make it work. So we're going to go with the ones we've got, plus the BBS one, and, mm-hmm. and run them up the flagpole and see who salutes them. Okay, excellent. And the uh, we're going to end with Nick, who's going to talk to you. Well, it's going to end with hopes for the rest of the season, just in case you didn't get that message. But um, And whatever else you wanted to say before that. Off you go, Nick. Um, well, well, can I just congratulate you on the Palace Ale? I know Neil Morrissey had a lot to do with it, but I actually come to Glaziers really? now. But I actually come to Glaziers before the game now, rather than going to the pub, because I like the beer so much. Well, that's um, no to mate. I know nothing about real ale. And that's all Stephen Browett's um, doing. You know, he, he's a real, you know, obviously with his wine business, but he's a real real ale buff. I went the other day to um, a real ale event that they had in Clerkenwell that, that, that they said, would you come along to? And it all tastes like sewer water to me, to be honest. <laughs> see, see I'm, 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 I'm getting to that age where, where I actually appreciate more and can't bear lager, but 10 years ago, I'd, I'd have felt the same as you. People love it, and, that, and I think the bottle looks great, and it's brilliant that Neil Morrissey got behind it, and and you know everybody's got a different tipple that they like and a different drink that they like, and but it's all Stephen's hard work that that whole thing. Yeah, so um, that that's actually made me spend more money at the club, so that's good. Mm. And, and secondly, um, we we were talking about your your favourite bits of the season, and um, I'll ask you that, and also what are your New Year's resolutions? It being near the end of the year. What, for Palace or for everything else? But for gen- generally, <laughs> it's a Christmas show. We'll, 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 we'll have some time off of Palace, shall we? What's your... Oh, I don't know, really. I think, I've, you know, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a mixed year for me this year with, with sort of my dad passed away and various things. So, you know, I don't really... I think, but it's been great being involved with Palace. And, you know, let's just hope... I just hope for the best, really. Just do put, put the hard work in and hope for the best and let, let's just hope every year is slightly better than the one before mm. and what are you going to give up Steve? oh there's nothing there's no, I'm not giving up anything <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not giving up anything I might take it <laughs> <laughs> ok uh, Steve just, just uh, uh, to sort of finish off really what what are your hopes for the remainder of this season where do you see us going? Um, well you know look we, if you, if there's no point in being a football fan if you're not going to dream you know we've got a chance of getting to a Wembley final um so, you know, for us to achieve that, which is, you know, part of the playoffs, and uh, we've been to the ZDS, haven't we, and, and the, yep. you know, cup, FA Cup final. We've never been to a League Cup final. I think we've been semi-finalists twice, haven't we, boys? You probably used to ask this. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. And, you know, that, that just be an, an enormous dream, and it would be fantastic for the players, you know, for... For people like Paddy and 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 you know Wrighty and and, and I, I know a lot of players that probably haven't you know been there as well, and for the younger players and for the management, for the fans, what a day out it would be, guys, if we could get to Wembley. You know, it would just be incredible. So, you know, but Cardiff will think the same, and we've got a couple of massive games at Sellers Park. Tickets are selling fantastically well for that. It's, I think it's going to be a real, real special night at, the, at, at Sellers for that one. So. Looking forward to that, and then in the league, you know, let's just we we hope we can do ourselves justice, and and, um, and could we sneak in the playoffs? You know, with five points off, I think the Christmas period is going to be busy. It's going to be tough, 
and when we come out of that we'll, we'll, we'll probably have a better idea of, of where we'll be certainly you can now understand how doing well in a cup and, and trying to maintain league form is, is, is difficult because the games start coming thick and fast you know what with the FA Cup starting as well you know I think you can see the fixture list is is really, really, you know, um, really congested for us. But, you know, that, that, that would obviously be aspirationally what we would like to achieve. Okay, that's fantastic, Steve. We're going to let you go, mainly because we just realised it's quarter past ten and we've been on for two and a quarter hours. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, listen, so, thanks so much for joining us. It, it's a real pleasure, as always. Um, I, You know, obviously, I I think we all, we're all hoping for the best with Palace, but we're, we're all enjoying it so much at the moment. We've had two things this season in in the Brighton game and the the game up at Old Trafford that you know that's that's moments in history for this football club those are the sort of things that that, that we'll pick out in 10 15 years time I hope and and you know and look back and think I oh, I was there that was what a moment that was you know and, and hopefully we're going to get a lot more of that going forward as well yeah, so let's try and win something you know let's try and really get you know this is the thing is they're great moments but they are moments you know and it'd be nice to get something sustained that, that comes out of that. But thanks for your time, guys, and thank you as well for, for the brilliant job you do. I enjoy I try and download as many of the of the podcasts as I can when they come out. I think it's fantastic. All this stuff builds a tremendous amount of interest in the club, and it's, it's brilliant that you give your own time to do it all. So thanks again, and have a great Christmas and, and, and a good new year, and up the palace. Brilliant. Thank thanks, Steve. Happy Christmas. Cheers, <laughs> Fantastic as always. Love you, Steve. <laughs> Steve <laughs> We're off air now, right? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, right. So from here, oh my god! I just want to quickly get to an email from from the chaps at Five Year Plan, who also do an absolutely amazing job for the club. Um, they say Merry Christmas to all the whole chaps from the FYP team. Sorry, we didn't see you on Saturday. Yeah, I was, I was. Uh, I was spent all my money on Friday night, unfortunately. But judging how drunk Andy Street was, maybe that was for the best. <laughs> He's singing about Stuart O'Keefe again. Um, would it be okay to get a quick mention for the FYP Christmas edition out tomorrow against Birmingham? One pound fifty, as usual, filled with lots of festive cheer. Yes, it would. Make sure you guys pick up your uh, copy of FYP. One pound fifty is a bargain. It is. Uh, it's a fantastic magazine, and obviously their podcast as well. You can get from iTunes or directly from their website, which I believe is Five Year Plan Fanzine.co.uk. Uh, love the work that they do as well. Um, fantastic lads. Um, we've got the matter, small matter of the uh, four-word review. I can't even speak still. Um, competition. I haven't really picked out my favourite, so I'm going to go around and get a number from the lads. As long as they're looking at the show document, they'll know what I'm asking them. And I'm going to start. I'm not going to start with Ben after what happened during the course of that interview. I'm going I think to think you kind of got an exclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. You're, <laughs> you're going to burn on that for years, aren't you? <laughs> I'm, going start, I'm going to start with Albert. Can you give me a number between the numbers? I'm going to go for six because I like the way it says concurs rather than conquers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to reward that person. For <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Ben. Uh, four for me. Four for you, is it? Okay. Uh, Nicholas? I've got pants on. It's number eight. Number eight. Um, Michael, do you want to? Number six as well for me. Oh. oh. Where's my Ar- Aaron, can you come back yes. on, Aaron? I am on. What are you going to pick? Six. Oh, I'm going for four. Fuck you. Oh, oh it's gone to deadlock. <laughs> it has. What happens if I pick the one I want to pick? Play the jingle. Number eight. <laughs> So we've got three on two. <laughs> yes. I think Mikey should pick the winner. 
Yes, I do. Six. No, don't give it to six. Who it is? Can't give it to a presenter. Four is then. You can't give that to that. Do you know what I mean? Well, we can't. So we don't have to give anything. Okay. Okay. Well, Mikey has picked. I can't believe he's picked this person. Um, and purely because of a ridiculous spelling mistake as well. And he isn't listening. He's up north somewhere with, with his girlfriend. But the winner is Matthew Packham with King Dougie Concurs Cup. He does concur. He concurs. <laughs> we all concur. Okay, right. So, <clears throat> yes, right. So, I went Irish again at the end there. Not that I was Irish earlier. That was pa- really Paddy McCarthy earlier. <laughs> Definitely him. Uh, I I'm just moving swiftly on. Thanks very much to every single one of you that listened today um, and everyone who's contributed, specifically, obviously, Terry uh, Clinton um, in recorded form and and once again, Steve Parrish at the end. It was great, great company once more. And um, obviously, thank you to Mikey for producing today. I'm not sure what he really did. Um, is he still here? <laughs> he is somewhere there, yeah. Uh, thanks to Ben, to Aaron. We didn't get up to John today, which is unfortunate. Um, to Ben, Aaron, Nick and Albert. Merry fucking Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Merry Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone. Yep, happy Christmas. Oh, we're back. Mm, We'll be back on the 8th of January. So you get a little bit of a break from us. We get a little bit of a break from you. But we're coming back with some fantastic new features, I believe. Well, there's one that Nick came up with. I can't say what it is, but Nick came up with it. It was really good. It was a cracker. But but just wait. It was a cracker. Frank Carson. Believe me, you'll love it. Um, So we'll speak to you chaps and chapesses again um, hmm, on the 8th cheerio bye now Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas It's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.